It's Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the show is brought to you, as always, by ManRubs. Visit ManRubs.com. Use the code STAKE15 at checkout. Save 15% off anything in their store. Barbecue rubs for any type of meat you can throw on the grill. Funny apparel, uh, coffee cups, blow torches to start your charcoal. All that good stuff. Um, One of our original sponsors, so hit them up. They post some good stuff on social media, too. Um, and they're just a good blue-collar small business that's trying to support Second Amendment, all the good stuff that we support, quality rubs for your meat. Um, if you're into barbecuing, you're, uh, you should be. If you're not, yeah. you're probably listening to the wrong show. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, a variety of different stuff, always coming out with good things. And like I said, one of the original sponsors of our show, so they've been here since the beginning, Visit them again. That's Steak15 at their checkout, manrubs.com. And as always, Stay Ready Gear USA if you're into guns and concealed carry. Um, if you're in a state that allows you to carry openly and freely, they have holsters for that as well. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code STAKE at their checkout. And you can save 5% off anything in their store. And I think we touched upon it last week. If you have like a custom image you want on a holster. They can do it. They can do it. You can send them an image, email them. You can find all their contact info on their website and their Instagram. And um, a steak for breakfast holster. Why have we not thought of that? I just I just did. There you go. We got we to gotta email them. Yeah. That would be super epic. If you're listening, get, get on that. Um, but again, that's stayreadygear.com. Use the code STAKE at checkout. Save 5% off anything in their store. Law enforcement, military, um, Second Amendment, advocates, anything like that. They are true supporters of the show. Also one of the first original sponsors of our show. So send them some love and uh, buy some gear from them. Show them some support. Another good sponsor of our show. And home of some of the world's most technologically advanced headphones and in-studio recording gear can be found at Odyssey. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram and at odyssey.com. In addition to that, hope everybody had a nice Father's Day. Um, obviously, our guest didn't. And Noah? Yeah, okay. sure. Nick? I had a great Father's Day. Yeah, so did I. Um, I smoked six tri-tips. For any of those dads that may or may not have gotten... Shooty, shooty. Mm. You got uh, Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms, who's got a five-star rating and has been southern, serving Southern California and the rest of the United States for over a decade. He's licensed FFL, and for all those firearm needs, go and uh, pick up some ammo to accent it. Um, tactical gear: Mark Joe Friday over at Dumbbox.us. Coronavirus flags, patches on the wall. I think I'm wearing the Man Duck Lorian shirt today. Got some pins on my bag hanging on the chair. And uh, Mark can be found at Dumbbox.us, and he's also on Facebook and Instagram. And then Mediocre Medic uh, and MediocreMedic.com. He uh, has some of those tactical flare accents that you could uh, always add to those outer carriers and uh, 511 backpacks and things like that. Yep. Patches, flip-flops, fanny packs, 
They got some nice shirts and stuff like that. Important thing to remember, though, just because there's Velcro doesn't mean it all needs to be full. True story. Don't be that guy or gal. Oof. And on that note, don't wear flip-flops to the range because hot brass on your feet is not fun. That's not a good idea. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Episode 45, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan, and as always, joined by my two handsome co-hosts, Noah. Hey. And Nick. Hello. And today our guest, Miss Norbin Laden. Thank you for joining us on the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. It's uh, great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming. Awesome. Especially episode 45. It is great to have you here for that episode. I think it is a... Uh, it's a sign. Yeah, extremely important number to uh, appreciate and love. Most uh, yes. notably for our favorite president. Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. So how are you doing in your uh, part of the world right now? Where are you at? I am uh, in Switzerland, uh, where I'm from. And this is home, uh, although my heart is very much in America. So I'm over there with you guys. Is it weird that I've always my- wanted to have a Swiss bank account, just so I could say I have a Swiss bank account? No. No? <laughs> That's part of that cinematic conditioning. Yeah. It just it turns out like them and offshore bank accounts right? are like things. I was going to say uh, too many Hollywood movies. Right. right? <clears throat> yeah. So I see that you've been busy lately. Um, noticed you in the news a little bit the last week, <laughs> week and a half or so. Um, you guys... What's the matter? You didn't get the uh, all-access pass to the (laughs) Biden-Putin summit? What happened? I know. No, we weren't VIPs um, who were invited. Uh, It's a shame. Trump supporters are pretty non grata uh, over here in Europe. Same in America. Well, (laughs) it was pretty based that you organized that little boat parade and had the Trump one flag. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. Listen, this is my hometown. You know, my I was born here. And uh, when I heard that uh, the summit was going to take place here, I didn't immediately think about it. And then I was really inspired by our fellow patriots out in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. That was epic. Oh, that, that was, was brutal. That yeah. was epic. Props to <laughs> Lynn, so Lynn Wood epic. that went down there and uh, organized that whole thing. <laughs> so that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's no, and then when I saw that, you know, all the images from Japan earlier this year and Nigeria uh, late last year, they all came flooding back. And I was like, you know what? We I, we have to do something here in Geneva while uh, the the eyes of the world will be on this small, sleepy town of mine. So. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really uh, extremely impressive to see you get out there. And uh, regardless of whether or not why how you made headlines it was just you know really important to everyone in the movement that all over the world people are holding that line and uh you you literally can't go anywhere without getting shit on now no no (laughs) i I see like more and more videos every day people are posting of like kamala harris driving to an event and dr fauci driving to an event and there's just lines of trump flags wherever they go and they're just (laughs) booing them so it's it's awesome to see that the movement has not died you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's stronger than ever. Yeah, right well, now. yeah and I die. think when I think even people, I, I would assume, and I'd be willing to bet the farm that there's people that had voted Democrat this past election, and within the first six months are going, "Gosh, this was a terrible." Oh, idea. the buyer's remorse is thick. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's bad. I mean, the hypocrisy of even when you look at coronavirus from a Democratic standpoint mm-hmm. of masks and vaccine, and then in California it's like, "Hey, you don't have to wear a mask in public," and people are like, "Oh, I don't." And they take it off, and it's like, hey, you were just, like, chastising people last week about the Max and vaccine, or the 
vaccine and a mask. <laughs> but all look, of a sudden, look at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. It, and Disneyland's like one of the most liberal like oligarchies in the country, and they own like everything. Yeah, now, and they had when it comes to the bank account. And they, originally, they were like, "Oh, it's only going to be for vaccinated people." And then all of a sudden, California they, 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 they're they, like, "Yeah, they had a two and a half mile line in uh, Anaheim last week for the first day of maskless." All Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> and we're there. Um, before we get into the news this week, uh, we wanted to touch on something that I talked offline with Nor about, um, stemming from all of those G7 and NATO summit and Putin summit last week, where uh, Biden made some probably unintentional references to himself. I feel like all of his references are unintentional. <laughs> right, but was talking about the way that he thinks government shouldn't be. So let's listen to this before we get into the news of this week, audio clip from last week, and see just exactly what he was inferring to. I know this is going to sound somewhat prosaic, but... Imagine that. I think we're in a contest, not with China per se, but a contest with autocrats autocratic governments around the world, as whether or not democracies can compete with them in the rapidly changing 21st century. And I think how we act and whether we pull together as democracies is going to uh, determine whether our grandkids look back 15 years from now and say, did they step up? Are democracies as relevant and as powerful as they have been? And I walked away from the meeting with all my colleagues believing that they are convinced that that is correct now, too. Not, I shouldn't say now, not just because of me, but they believe that to be the case. And so I think you're going to see just straightforward dealing uh, with China. And again, we're not looking, as I've told uh, Xi Jinping myself, uh, I'm not looking for conflict. Uh, where we cooperate, we'll cooperate. Where we disagree, I'm going to state it frankly. And we are going to respond to actions that are inconsistent. For example, we talked about trade. Yeah, and he would continue to go on in such a babbling manner. But, Nor, you, you had some commentary on this direct uh, soundbite that we talked about. What, what do you feel like mm -hmm. the message he was trying to relay across? Well, first, I'd like to say the reason why... Um, we discussed this offline and I thought it would be a good starting point is the number one reason, aside from obviously election integrity, mm -hmm. um, why I, I wanted to take a stand last week in Geneva was to stand with fellow patriots uh, who have been uh, unjustly treated and persecuted since the insurrection hoax of 1-6. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've been uh, following extremely closely that I've written about from the beginning my first piece, uh, which got published by Revolver um, News uh, mid-January, I was already talking about this disgusting slander um, that basically half of the country is being subjected to. And, um, and to see how the entire national security apparatus has been weaponized against upstanding American citizens has been incredibly disturbing. And for Biden to make such remarks is the height of uh, hypocrisy. And um, I was so glad to see uh, President Putin and also his foreign minister, uh, Sergei Lavrov, over the last few weeks ahead of the summit, call out Biden and the American regime for their treatment of, quote, political dissidents. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, I mean, that's a that's a huge, uh, you know, when we're getting chastised from from not just leaders of the world, but when it's someone with the, you know, staying power of, of Vladimir Putin, it just comes across as as one of those things um, where it's bigger than it would be otherwise, you know, if it was just other sound bites from a summit. And Putin went on to talk, like you mentioned, everything from January 6th all the way up to even like the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and stuff like that and made some and Ashley Babbitt and also he defended Ashley Babbitt asking what who made the order to 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 shoot her yeah yeah and with the climate today with law enforcement the fact that a that law enforcement officer's name still isn't known Uh Mm -hmm. and b that there's not the same kind of outrage over a defenseless unarmed person getting shot quote unquote you know, just it just it just sh- it says a lot that just because this person is not in your team, they don't matter as much as everybody else. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, just for our listening audience and, and people who are going to hear this pod show. You know, Nor is sometimes jumping in the headlines for things she does as an activist, but she's also a writer and has made some major contributions to um, commentary and narratives to things that have happened in the United States. You know throughout the course of the first Trump presidency and uh, all the way up through Stop the Steal and January 6th. So, you know, you're going to want to go do some some research on her in addition to some of the stuff that she posts on Instagram and, and social mm-hmm. media and really look at content. Uh, yeah. In addition to, you know, right now you, you said you're, you're working on a book. Maybe I can just do a, a very brief recap um, for, for people who are tuning in and haven't heard That'd be great. Um, about me before, but I've lived a very private life um, and uh, I am a very private person. Putting myself out there hasn't been, um, um, how would you say, uh, an easy or comfortable exercise. However, I felt incredibly strongly uh, about the 2020 election, and I've actually been a supporter of President Trump uh, since he first announced he was running. And I've been watching from afar, and I just admire him so much and um, think he, he was absolutely the, the man of the hour for America in this, in this um, time in history. And ahead of the 2020 election, I just couldn't I felt I had to to use this name with which I was born, uh, which I knew would give me an immediate platform to to join the many uh, quote digital soldiers um, who are out there and who've been uh, working tirelessly to basically save America, safeguard our freedoms, safeguard the West uh, from this imminent civilizational collapse. And um, I made, you know, my my first public um, statement was via a um, interview with the New York Post, which came out in September, yes, 2020. And um, straight away, I published my letter to America, which uh, um, was uh, incredibly well received. Uh, I've been touched by thousands and thousands of messages following that letter, and it was republished by the Spectator USA, and so I was able to reach a lot of people. Uh, with my with my message and since then so that was in september i've written a few articles for um the spectator uh, both uk and us and uh, revolver.news um a publication for which i have the utmost respect because the work that they do is um 
republic saving type of uh, of work and just to, to to finish that but i published my first piece with them the one i mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago mid-january and since then uh, i really encourage all of your listeners to go to to their website because from that from mid uh, january onwards they they published a series of investigative pieces um, unraveling the lie that is the insurrection uh, hoax, which culminated last week in the in the last bombshell, which was covered, you know, four nights in a row on Tucker Carlson um, uh, regarding potential quote FBI infiltration on that day. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and getting and, getting back to you know that exact narrative and and the stuff mm-hmm. that the revolver broke um mm-hmm. a little over a week ago mm-hmm. basically it's things that you know members of the community have alleged for years and we'll cover via garbaggio and all of the mm-hmm. great work that that guy's always doing to yeah. get i to love garbaggio garbaggio's Awesome. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he was on a couple weeks ago, and we had a really great time with him. Mm-hmm. And we hope that mm-hmm. at some time in the near future, he circles back because he's he's unfiltered and, and really gets to the bottom of it. But where you may mm-hmm. think some of the headlines he puts out there are over the top, then you start seeing like official accounts or government officials mm-hmm. tweeting it and having press conferences about it, like mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. a week. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of you know the the great awakening and all the digital soldiers coming together it's it's again yes. like you just referred to you know you said you you've lived a private life and you're a private person but you know you are who you are and mm-hmm. basically with your name you put yourself out there to be scrutinized regardless of the side you take but it goes mm-hmm. back to that meme that I talk about that we've had with so many guests on the show we've had people who are career liberals people who voted for Hillary Clinton we had people who were you know just on the opposite side of the table and and then you go to that meme from Lord of the Rings where it's like I've never seen I would never think I'd I'd see myself you know fighting with a and now you can fill in the blank this week a Bin Laden and and then Nora sitting there but she's like well, well why aren't we just fighting with a friend yeah I you know I I I think Ronan really all boils down to the fact that when you really appreciate and value freedom wherever you come from and you know the real history of the United States of America, not this garbage that they're trying to feed and poison the minds of people with. Um, You, I mean, I love America for several reasons. One is a very personal reason because I've been going to the States since the age of three Mm -hmm. years old, multiple times a year. So America after Switzerland is my second home. Uh, Another reason is because of my very Again, personal story of my parents splitting up when I was eight months old. My father is, yes, from Saudi Arabia, from the bin Laden family. And the fact that my mother fought very hard to obtain custody of me and my two older sisters for us to be raised in the West so that we could have freedom as opposed to being raised to a country like Saudi Arabia, which is, as you know, uh, uh, not quite the same in terms of freedom, (laughs) especially if you're a woman. And then just the fact that um, if you if you inform yourself and if you if you know history and you look at different societal models or systems uh, that human beings have um, uh, set out to build throughout history, you clearly see the absolute exceptionalism of the case of the United States yes. and uh, and the founding documents are just 
some of the most beautiful documents that have ever been written, uh, aside from the Bible. Um, they are They are the most beautiful political um, or societal documents that have that have uh, underpinned, you know, governments that have been put out there, no doubt. And this combination uh, is uh, what has led me to to decide to dedicate my life at this crucial moment um, in our history to to use whatever weird platform or situation I was born with that wasn't my choosing, but to do something good about it. And uh, I knew that if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror knowing that I, I had a platform and I hadn't used it. So yeah, that's, that's, def- that's definitely one story. of those things that, you know, we give you a lot of credit for. And I think the community and the overall movement does. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique story. Yeah. Um, and, and to see you out here, you know, working with us and, uh, you know, doing all of the investigational, you know, journalism and writing that you do is just, uh, it's impressive. Yeah, it really is. And, and to see you put yourself out there knowing what the, you know, I don't want to say consequences, but just the way it is be, uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit and again, you know, thanks for coming down and, uh, you know, sharing your story with us as we're about to break down the news. So it is a blessing to have for you to set time apart to join us. And um, when Roan said that we're going to have you on, I was like shell shocked because we've had a lot of cool people on, but we've never had someone of your magnitude, I think. And the story that you have, um, it's just cool to to be able to talk to you and and hear your story and and all that you're involved in. And like I was saying earlier, the the movement and Noah touched on it if anything has grown in this dark time of inconsistency with the president and um, the uncertainty that we're facing, it's, if anything is turning people, maybe not towards Trump necessarily yet, but a lot of people that voted for this party are like, well, it's amazing when you you talk to somebody and like, they were full on like Biden sticker, posting memes, and it's and then you'll have a conversation with them now, and they're like, "Well, I don't like this administration or the last one," but they just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, this one's your fault, though. That's the difference. Hey, uh, you know what? You guys are stop the stealing right now, and we're going to talk about how shitty the FBI is first. You don't say. Oh no, I do say. Oh. So not, not not only the FBI, but I would say an overwhelming majority of the intelligence. And right now, your personal FBI agent's like, God damn it, not again. Yeah. Well, Carl, my friend Rabbit17 and I, we always refer to him as Carl. I was Carl. just about to say <laughs> Carl, too. I was like, Carl, this one's for Shut you. Shut up, Carl. Um, I'm reading now from The Revolver and some of the groundbreaking expose work that they did last week. Um, they talked about how it was unsettling to entertain the possibility that the federal government knew of a potential violence on January 6th and did nothing to stop it. Um, it presents the question, why would agencies or certain elements within sit back and let something like this happen on purpose? They go on to say it's still more disturbing that the possibility arises from a careful study of unindicted co-conspirators. And those are like people two, people three. We talked about it on the show a few weeks ago how... You know, um, people who have been arrested and detained since January 6th shared rooms with, they call them, unindicted co-conspirators. And when you start doing some digging like the Revolver did, and Tucky did, that we'll get into it in a minute with some of the stuff that he broke on his show referencing these articles and some of the journalists that worked hard on this, you find out that not only some, some of these people who were unindicted were former FBI agents, but there was an overwhelming majority of them that are still current FBI agents. Well, hmm. that's... 
Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, th- this pattern. Um, Conflict of interest. Which was from a months long investigation stemming back from January 6th, just points out that the charging documents related to those indicted and those who weren't. So, you know, this was the print that broke. And later that day, uh, Tucky took to the airwaves. Oh, Tucky. Yeah, to. Old hairpiece. <laughs> not. It's a toupee. <laughs> you can see it connected on the sides. It's hot glued to his head. Right? But Good. not only see. Do you uh, like my hairpiece? <laughs> and, um, and give credit to the journalists who did this work, but actually, you know, referencing the revolver is one of the last pieces of legitimate and truthful American, you know, media outlets out there. Let's hear what good old Tucky had to say about it. Tonight, last night, we opened this show with new information about what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. No day, it's fair to say, in recent American history has received more media attention or been used for greater political effect by partisan actors. Because of January 6th, our attorney general told us this week, we've got to change our country forever. And yet, given all the talking, the endless talking about January 6th, It is remarkable what we still don't know about what actually took place that day. Until this Monday night, for example, when it was reported by Revolver News, we had no idea that at least 20 organizers and participants in the events at the Capitol have not been indicted, despite the nationwide dragnet for people who were there. This is interesting. The government knows exactly who these people are, but has refused to charge them with crimes. Why is that? Well, because it seems like they may have had some connection to the government. Some of the people who broke into the Capitol, committed crimes while inside, and encouraged others to do the same appear to have been in contact with the FBI before the event. Let that sink in for a moment. Hmm. The events of January 6th that you keep hearing about endlessly, events that Democrats in Congress describe as an act of war carried out by white supremacists, (laughs) as dangerous and historically significant as Pearl Harbor and (laughs) 9-11. Combined. Those events apparently were at least in part organized and carried out in secret by people connected to federal law enforcement. It's hard to think of a bigger potential scandal than this one. Now it's clear why the government won't release more than 14,000 hours of surveillance footage shot at the Capitol that day. People they know are on the tape. Well, last night, clips from our show began to circulate on social media. The tech monopolies, which helped get Joe Biden elected, continued to work closely with the administration to control the news and information that you are allowed to see. Because it's America, right? Well, this piece of news, the one on our show last night, was a problem for them, so they tried to make it go away. Twitter appended the following note to our clip last night, quote, Federal law does not permit cooperating witnesses or informants to be charged with conspiracy, Mm -hmm. despite a baseless suggestion by Tucker Carlson that some co-conspirators of the January 6th attack were not charged because they were undercover FBI agents. End quote. Hmm. Let's think about this. Now, leave aside for a second the most obvious question that arises from the statement, which is, how would Twitter which is a media company, not as far as we know, a law enforcement agency, be able to confirm our reporting last night was, quote, baseless. How would they know that? Does Twitter somehow have access to the FBI's personnel files? Probably. We don't know. We hope someone finds out. But consider the statement more broadly. Twitter is saying that people who are secretly working with the FBI cannot be charged for encouraging others to commit crimes. Well, yes, exactly. That's the very point we made on this show last night. That's why they haven't been charged, because they were secretly working with the FBI. So in an effort to shut us down, Twitter just confirmed what we suggested was true. Got him. Thanks, Twitter. They are morons. 
It's pretty funny. <laughs> Less funny, though, is the Justice Department's role in January 6th. Federal law enforcement appear to have played a role in what happened that day. We'd tell you more about it. We'd love to, but we don't have subpoena power. We're just a cable news show. So I knew an FBI agent was the one who shit on the desk. That's what I was going to say. The, per <laughs> the person who shit in Mitch McConnell's office may, in fact, be an unindicted co-conspiracy. Oh. That would be so, so epic. And, and I think I the, best, the best part about that whole thing was, in addition to giving credit where credit is due to the revolver and the work that they've done, but kind of validating it on it. And, and remember, take it with a grain of salt. because well, they have to give credit to the fact checkers, too, for confirming. Well, well that's the thing. <laughs> You're not going to hear anything on TV that the higher ups don't want you to hear. So this is kind of like a weird. But if you look at it as there's so much evidence that's going to come out from so many different cracks in the dam at once, this is almost a. Fauci, COVID, Wuhan lab style, like, okay, we can't hide this shit anymore. And we need the ratings. Yeah, it's going to come out from everywhere. I, I don't know. I guess maybe a little bit of that, too. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's just one of those things that we're now being, like, uh, granted with this information, like, blessed with this information, yeah, because the narrative is about to be absolutely obliterated. Absolutely. Well, it's we, it's a, just a matter of time until the one six hoax collapses. Yeah, which it, which it seems to be doing every day. And and part of those um, things that go back into you know examining what the hoax is is just how uh, the media goes and censors things like they did uh, with Tucker's you know show almost two out of the first three nights where they put almost a COVID awareness fact checker bar on anything that anyone would repost regarding. You know, this narrative that the revolver broke and, and Tucker ran with, which in turn validated the entire investigation that these these journalists and writers had done by saying, like, that's exactly what we're trying to say. It's hilarious. The FBI can't <laughs> convict or indict people who are working directly with them, even as active agents. Hmm. I mean, the meltdown has been glorious yeah. to watch in response to this revolver piece. The the leftists and the regime media, again, a term coined by revolver, they've they've completely lost it. Yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. <laughs> I, just I tweeted. Wish uh, I I tweeted last week. The only thing. Um, uh, that it was pretty glorious trolling the regime last week on Lake Geneva, but it was so much better just watching Revolver and Daring Beatty absolutely crush the regime with their yeah. investigative report. Yeah, he's done some absolutely outstanding journalism, I think for the entirety of his career, but really lately he's gotten... Just getting after it. Yeah. Balls deep? Yeah. No, we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe more. I so. just wish that the people that are on the left or that voted for the dictatorship that we've ended up in. Stop it. I wish that they would be as involved now that they were during the um, election cycle. Because all these people overnight were political activists and they were rah-rah for Biden and Kamala Harris. And now that all these secrets are coming out and basically all the dirty laundry is getting aired out. Now they're taking pictures of their dinner again. Yeah, and they're... Well, speaking of dinners, you guys... It's you frustrating. Because you you you're like, dude, we this is what we told you was going to happen. This is We told you this was a corrupt president and vice president, and the corruption is literally leaking at the seams. You ever seen Vegas Vacation? Mm, of course. Yeah. When they're at the dam and he keeps plugging <laughs> bubble gum in the <laughs> holes of the dam. That's that, literally what's going on right now. But these people that voted for this guy and that were super retwe re retweeting LeBron James and Oprah and all these celebrities that were like for Biden, 
Now all of a sudden everything's gone. Celebrities are not reposting anything. Nobody's endorsing this guy. Well, I think Hollywood has enough of their own problems. Well, right they didn't now. move to Canada like they said they were going. They're to supposed Trump to do that first no. five years ago. And that's it's just frustrating because you talk to people and they're like, "Hey, you voted for Biden. You were super outspoken. Yeah. What? Why are you so quiet? Yeah. I lo- I'm gonna love. How's your student loans treating you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who wasn't quiet directly uh, in response to those Tucky shows. Who? was one of our favorite punching bags, Mr. Sucker over at oh. CNN. And he had some commentary into just exactly what the revolver broke and Tucker ran with. So let's hear one of our first of many meltdowns that we'll have on this show today. The January 6th attack stays in the news. Why it remains a lead story after all these months. Donald Trump's media allies resent hearing about the insurrection. They complain bitterly about the continued coverage. You can hear it in Tucker Carlson's voice. You can hear his resentment, but his and their attempts to deny reality, to rewrite history, to come up with some alternative inside job. The FBI made them do it. Blame the feds, all that stuff. That is one of the reasons why the insurrection remains in the news. University of Illinois professor Nicholas Grossman said it better than I could just the other day on Twitter. He said, repeating the truth about January 6th is tedious, even exhausting. But the people lying about it, downplaying it, defending it, and apologizing for it, appear inexhaustible. So the choices are, he said, keep repeating the truth, shooting down lies and conspiracy theories, or conceding to them. Those are the two options. Well, giving up, for reporters, giving up is not an option. Number one is the only option. Keep reporting, keep debunking the crazy stuff. But it's sad how inevitable this all feels. Like we were always going to end up here in this place where people can choose their own reality about the riot. I wrote that headline a week after the day of terror. It was already starting, riot denialism. And it's become worse and worse since. Wait, what? This guy's a boob. So, as my the colleague Brianna Killer says, roll yeah. the tape. Roll the tape. Because the best thing the reality-based media can do is roll the tape. You can't roll the tape. Start with the truth. Expose the lies, yes. But start with what's real. And here is what's real. The riot is a present tense news story every day due to prosecutions and legal battles and new revelations. You've probably heard here on CNN about how media outlets are fighting for access to this footage from that day, fighting to make sure the public can see the attack from every angle. And this week, uh, we succeeded in shaking some of the videos loose. Prosecutors in nearly 500 criminal cases have been using these videos to make their cases against alleged rioters. But there are thousands more, thousands more videos. By one account, there may be 14,000 hours of surveillance footage, mostly still locked away from the public. Conspiracy mongers on other channels are implying there's a cover-up afoot, that that's why all the footage is being hidden. But those channels aren't actually going to court to try to pry the video free. They're not. But CNN is, along with the AP, ABC, BuzzFeed. You can see this coalition that is working together uh, to try to get these videos released. And we'll stop it right there. And he talks about the coalition. Is that the same one that bolstered the election? I didn't see what he's wearing. Can I take a guess at what he's wearing? No, he's wearing his suit and then like nothing on the bottom like he always does when he reports from home. I was was going to say, is that a light blue dress shirt with like a Easter egg, like pastel color tie? So, but I I think one of the most important things to take away besides that incessant reeing that he did. Boob. Um, was some of the thing he talked about the coalition of cable news networks and print outlets that are working hard to make sure that this narrative stays in the mainstream media. 
go to day four of four in a brief clip when Tucky had on Mr. Griswold, not the one that Nick just mentioned from Vegas Vacation, <laughs> but an investigative Clark? journalist right, who had something to say about when all of those cable news networks and print outlets get together. Check this out. Well, and I hope your viewers do. Operation Mockingbird. Mm. What you will find is that during the Cold War, these agencies used to plot about how to clandestinely manipulate the try and do it secretly. They don't even do it secretly anymore. They don't need Operation Mockingbird. They literally put John Brennan, who works for NBC, and James Clapper, who works for CNN, and tons of FBI agents right on the payroll of these news organizations. They now shape the news openly to manipulate and deceive the American population. So if you're an American wondering what foreknowledge and involvement did the FBI have in January 6th, if you go and listen to those networks, you're going to get lies because the only people they're asking are people who are serving those agencies and acting to disseminate disinformation. That's what those outlets are. Yeah, Man. pretty much. Yeah, so there you go. But he actually mentioned Operation Mockingbird, which I thought was... <clears throat> A little risque. Yeah, but at the same time, something. <laughs> you, you have, you know, Tucky running with this story from the revolver. Well, how many people that hear him say Operation Mockingbird are like, wait, where have I seen that before? All these people have been posting about that for like the last... X amount of years. And it's like we say on our yes. show every week, you know, our commentary to the actual news is only just that. At the end of the day, when this show ends, and hopefully you listen to the entirety of it, you know, it's your job to take some of these things that we've mentioned. And if you're interested in them, go and do your own research and do your own work to find out, you know, it's not that our narrative is bullshit or anything like that, but just a little bit more in depth what's actually going on behind the yeah. scenes. And that's kind of the way we try to bring it to you every week is, is in a factual manner, just with a little bit of our own kind of commentary on yeah, it. Yeah, we're just touching the surface, too. I mean, our show would be five yeah. hours long every day if we hit everything. Nor, what's the climate like in Switzerland right now with everything that's going on over here in America? Listen, Europe is a little bit more despondent than the U.S., I would say um, I'm watching absolutely horrified what's happening in the U.K. especially. Yeah, yeah, that's um, wild. It's wild. And uh, just mo most recently, you know, the queues of people going around stadiums to go get the jabs. And um, but it's it's just we really do live in alternative realities. One is completely fabricate fabricated, you know, by these John Brennan types and Zucker and all this co their coalition who, you know, I mean, that's that segment from Zucker was just the epitome of gaslighting. But then at the same time, I do see very encouraging images, uh, you know, the freedom marches in uh, in London protesting the, um, the lockdowns yes. that garnered hundreds of thousands of people. The, the images barely made the mainstream. We see them because, you know, we follow the, the, the right accounts and the, the, the information gets shared online um so europe is very much divided um but the the information from quote our side gets less shared in europe than compared to the states yeah. so people in europe don't know that uh there are so many people fighting this globalist push yeah where the eu has more of a reach out there in mm -hmm. in in mainland europe you see a lot more repression of the uh truth or movement <clears throat> than you do here yes. well even people that we yes. know here that you know like somebody that i know that's i think is you know fairly well 
you know, abreast of the news and everything like that, you'll mention something to them and they're like, oh, I had no idea. And it's just like, that's being running in our circles of getting this access to this, this news and this media stuff that is completely squashed by the mainstream narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanna, so I wanna... that, that phenomenon is even more intense in Europe, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And they have more of a law enforcement present to back it, presence to back it up. Those guys mm-hmm. with the sticks? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, those guys. Um, I like your hat. So sticking on this narrative for a little bit more, um, and, and things that we've already know to come to fruition. Uh, an FBI agent shit on the desk. We do know that an FBI agent did, in fact, defecate in Mitch McConnell's <laughs> office on 1-6. That is confirmed. I wouldn't be surprised if an FBI agent is in possession of Nancy Pelosi's laptop as oh. they look for it. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, where's Nancy's laptop? It's in the evidence locker. Well, <laughs> somebody FBI probably building. shit in the laptop, so that's completely useless. But I do want to reference Carbaggio, who did put out a really good piece the other day on his news uh, account. News. Because his other one, his revenge account, <laughs> keeps getting. So he keeps threatening them with the DeSantis lawsuit every time oh. they try to take his account down. But he did point out some of the things that the FBI has been involved in over the past, I don't know, decade or so that have through Freedom of Information Acts and, and um, whatchamacallit, internal uh, House and Senate investigations and committees have proven just to, for the average listener who doesn't necessarily think maybe like, OK, well, the FBI might have been around on January 6th, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they were involved. So yeah, the track record. Let, let's hear it. Right. So the, the FBI was implanted. Back in 93, in the first World Trade Center bombing incident, they had direct knowledge of it, when it was going to happen, the co-conspirators, and all the other stuff. They did nothing about it. Oh, good job. Several FBI agents, including the ones in San Diego, met with some of the jump teams, we'll call them, that actually carried out the 9-11 attacks. That has been knowledge that is factual and information that if you dig into it, you will be able to see. Just the week of the attacks in San Diego, FBI agents met with the cell of three people that were out here. Squared away. Yeah, living in Claremont in San Diego. My wife's, one of her best friend's parents owned a deli right down the street from the airport they trained at. <clears throat> and she said that two of the guys that were involved in 9-11 would come in like every day for sandwiches. And then they saw that on the news and they were like super stressed out like, holy shit, like we served those guys every day for like the last however many months. BLTs? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> I, I actually Probably not. There, there was a there was an access road um, in between where I lived during nine eleven and the mosque yeah. in Claremont, and that place was covered in canopies and forensically broken down for months after the yeah. incident. Wow. So, but but getting into some other stuff um, that's more a little bit more current. The FBI knew in advance of the Pulse nightclub shooter Omar Mateen and were tipped off by the local sheriff. 53 people died. They did nothing. The FBI knew in advance of the Las Vegas shooter and had a huge weapon st- that he had huge weapon stashes. Stephen Paddock, 60 died. Okay. That was early. The FBI knew in advance of the San Bernardino terrorists, 14 died during that incident. The FBI knew in advance of the Sandy Hook shooter, 26 died. The FBI knew in advance of the Boston Marathon bombers tipped off by Russian intelligence, three dead, hundreds injured. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The Boston Marathon, there was only three that died? Well, according to them, uh, in between the crisis actors. The FBI knew in advance of the Parkland High School shooter, 17 died in that incident. The FBI knew in advance of the Charleston Church shooter, Dylan Roof, nine died there. The FBI knew in advance of Boulder, Colorado shooter, 
you know, the false flag MK Ultra guy from a couple months ago. <laughs> Ten died at that uh, supermarket. The FBI knew in advance of the Garland, Texas shooters. Um, one died. I think that was the Walmart one that Feet Sniffer's dad had to come over to the States and testify in for the 8chan one. Um, the FBI knew in advance of the 9-11 terrorists that were training in U.S. flight schools and had plans to fly planes into the building. Over 3,000 died. We already touched on that. Mm. The FBI knew in advance of the Nashville bomber, that was the RV that blew up on, what was it, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? I don't remember. Yeah. Was building bombs uh, uh, in his personal residence. The FBI suppressed a massive amount of evidence concerning Tiffany or Timothy McVeigh's accomplices of the Oklahoma City bombing, 168 dead. And there are surveillance videos of that guy working directly, even videos and still images of them around the U-Haul truck that was used for the Oklahoma City bombing, but nobody else was ever implemented. That means they were probably FBI plants. Um, the FBI entrapped General Flynn. We all know that's a fact. Yeah, we, we all know who saved him, too. She's one of our favorite bays on the show, Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. I love her. The FBI knew in advance and facilitated the January 6th. No, you say it best. Insurrection. There you go. And then this is an opinion bulletin, bullet point, but I don't necessarily 100% disagree with it. The FBI is a terrorist organization weaponized <laughs> against its own countrymen. Hmm. I mean, we've seen that from dating all the way back to when the, uh, you know, the FBI and the CIA wanted to do all those Cuban false flag events in the United States yeah. and uh, during the Kennedy administration, and, and we know how that ended. Well, even back, if you look at the back in the mob days with uh, <clears throat> the director of the FBI, they were like literally telling people that the mob, the mafia in the U.S. did not exist. Right. And there, people in New York and Chicago and Pennsylvania were literally like, no, they're here. We're literally having like family members being tortured and murdered. Yeah, ask Rudy Giuliani how that went. Yeah, down. and but the FBI like on day one was like, yeah, the mob's definitely not real, and they're like, no, it pretty much is since prohibition. It's been here and it still is, but I mean that's like the first cover up the FBI has in their track record. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. I mean, we always talk about this. You can't just educate yourself today. And expect like you have to educate yourself and go back in history and study and like look at the tracker. Like you just reveal the timeline of the FBI and the corruption, but you spill that out to somebody at like a family barbecue and they're like automatically like, Whoa, that's way too much information. Yeah. You know, and then you break it down and you're like, This is why would you believe them today? Same thing with the news media. All of a sudden, everyone's taking news media for, like, biblical truth. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, these guys have been lying since day one. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, CNN is, you know, this and that, and that's the news I get. And it's like, yeah, but they've never told the truth. No, no news media has ever, like, blatantly just told an unbiased version of the news. And everyone points to Vice. Vice is, like, the most corrupt biased news organ I don't even know if it's a news organization news website that they can have and they came out originally Vice was supposed to be like an unfiltered un like biased news organization and then they were like allegiance to the left on day one yep but our generation as soon as they see like oh unbiased news like that's where I'm gonna get my news from and it's like dude really well that's like all the fact checking names it's like you Correct. know before yeah. you dig into like where these companies are from you you know, uh, something pops up on Instagram and it's fact-checked by fucking truth dumbasses yeah. or whatever. And you're like, oh, it's got truth in the name. Like, you yeah. know. Someone checked it's it. It's got to be, yeah. It must be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, politifact. It's a fact. This may be one of the biggest um, examples. I mean, obviously, 9-11, Oklahoma City, some of the other Las Vegas shooting, things where the FBI was involved, and and other things that were going on those days uh, may have been happening, but this probably might be... I mean, there's some, some of the video that's just been released. You see... Well, first of all, there's the narrative that the the Capitol building is locked with magnetized doors, so they can only be open one way, and that's from the inside. And I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever tried to open one of those magnet doors. Without it's hard. Yeah, those things. Yeah, I have a whole, a whole bunch of of forty five to sixty year old boomers in in camo gear and, and one a, boneless chicken wing, yes. right? And Trump hats and the lady in the wheelchair and the, the witch Buffalo Wild Wings special. They maybe, did not bust those doors. Maybe the witch cast a spell and demagnetized Who the doors. Who would it Stop it. <laughs> Um, but but I mean, there's been so many. You, you have you have the Antifa instigator Jalen X, who was in first with an MSNBC top executive, saying that we did it, and then his video footage being sold for a combined total between two news networks of over seventy thousand dollars. Was the MSNBC guy dressed up in Trump gear too? It was a girl. How Whatever. dare you assume the, the gender of the somebody? Quote unquote left. guy. That's just like a. You know, but not only that, you you see multiple videos of like Trump supporters trying to push people who were doing property damage outside the Capitol to to, to try and rip them down. Yeah, you they see were stopping them. Police at every um, you know shot that they're taken of moving barricades, opening doors, bringing people in who stayed in between the velvet ropes. And I add, ah, the velvet ropes did eventually get knocked over. But right, but that's just because there was a lot of people. But but, but <laughs> did the people go back and pick up the velvet ropes and the trash and the afterwards? Trash. Right, that video has been released. Here's the other thing: if I mean, you nobody ever... picked up the poop and Mitch McConnell. Office, well, though. but That's here's why the thing. This is you know, wrong. there's public restrooms in that <laughs> building. If you have time to raid a building and then be like, "Hey, I, where's the restroom at?" and then the cops like, "It's down the hall to the left." You know, <laughs> yeah, the cops not really follow like, the marble tile right. to. It's you not know a what fight I mean? or it's flight like, response at that because point. we did an emergency episode that day, yep. and I remember that day specifically because I had a tour with my son for a new kindergarten he was going to. Yes. And then I keep seeing like all these uh, news alerts, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" Like the Capitol building's being raided, and we jetted home, and I put on TV, and I'm like, expecting to see like the Capitol on fire and like heads on torches, and there's just people walking around. Yeah, it just looked like a big. It just looked like <laughs> it looked a, like a parade, a rally. Yeah. <laughs> and then the as, news uh, is going as President crazy. Putin called it a stroll. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and then there's you know it's not the first time that you know the Capitol's been overrun by other groups too. But you're talking about the Kavanaugh hearing, <laughs> where it was really overran and yeah. they did a lot of property damage yeah. there on that day. So I just love AOC. AOC talking about how she has PTSD and they're like, "Where were uh, you that day?" And she wasn't even anywhere. A mile and a half away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it, she, it, was, it, she was dug in deep. She probably can't even spell PTSD if it comes down to it. <laughs> I think right now the big thing we need to do is is continue to let this information come out, validate it as we find it to be true. I mean, it is with basically like the people that are not indicted and and, and some of the roles that they played on that day. Yeah, the the fact that they're literally like everybody's reposting this want to identify of the F, you know the FBI's search list of all these people, and you got the freaking Buffalo shaman dude and like all these other things. Like, well, so there's a whole entire cross-section of people that are in these videos that you're just not looking for. You know who probably took a dump in that they office? They work for you. Hmm. It was probably the guy that be- did the backflip in the nightclub and his gun went off and shot somebody <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no. if you want-, you want to still be in the FBI, well, look, you we have to- a side mission. Yeah. For you. you want to know who I honestly think it was? <laughs> this, may came, this may come to be true someday. Hear me out. You're we, here to hear first. We've heard him on the show a bunch of times. Can you not 
not see him doing it, Senator John Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably just like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to do it. <laughs> so is Ben Shapiro. It oh. was not Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Um, moving on, Trump's been in the news a little bit more over the last week. Um, right after our show ended, the uh, episode 44, it broke during our show and we kind of missed it. But as was accurately predicted on this show, Donald Trump has accepted an invite from Governor Abbott of Texas mm-hmm. and will be going down to the southwest border next Wednesday, I believe, June 30th, to uh, tour it and lend his support to the men and women who are working hard on the front lines down nice. there. Nice. Good for him. Didn't Florida say they were sending law enforcement down? They are. They're, they're sending around 10,000 law enforcement officers to play Border wow. Patrol in Texas and enforce their state laws. What's Newsom doing? Is he going to send some masks down there or something? Uh, he's doing the uh, COVID lottery still. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Donald yeah. Trump released a statement, and I'm going to read from it. Remember, I don't have audio of this, so you're going to have to channel him, and I'll read some of the <laughs> punctual marks that he puts in in there right for character i wish i did a good trump um he says i haven't i have accepted an invitation of texas governor greg abbott to join him on the official nation decimated southwest border on june 30th 2021 um the biden administration inherited from me the strongest safest and most secure election just kidding borders in u.s history and were mere weeks they turned it into the single worst border crisis in u.s history yeah. He then goes on to say this is an unmitigated, quoting, disaster zone. Um, we went from detain and remove to catch and release. We went from having border security that was the envy of the world to a lawless border that is now pitted around the world. Biden and Harris have handed control of the border over to the cartels, criminals, and coyotes. Drug dealers, MS-13 gang members, human smugglers, sex traffickers, and the criminal elements of the world we now are now have free reign. Hospitals and schools are getting crushed and public health is being sacrificed, um, all in service of the radical left and the anti-borders agenda, he added. Our brave border agents and courageous ICE officers have illegally stopped from doing their jobs. Our nation is now one giant sanctuary city <laughs> where even dangerous criminals are being cut loose and set free inside the interior of the United States on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And as if this weren't bad enough, Biden and Harris won't even tour the scenes of the wreckage they created or come down and visit with the Border Patrol and ICE heroes risking their lives to defend our nation at a time when the White House is doing everything they can to make it their to make their jobs totally impossible. What Biden and Harris has done and are continuing to do on our border is a grave and willful dereliction of duty. My visit will hopefully shine a spotlight on these crimes against our nation and show the incredible people of ICE and Border Patrol that they have unshakable support. Media credentialing information will be provided at a later date. Hmm. He did go on to make one other comment where he called Biden and Harris, air quoting, duly elected. <laughs> and that's pretty much all he had to say about that. Savage. So, uh-huh. Is anybody still making a fuss about him using coyote like they actually think it's an animal? That was the best. <laughs> that was, was going to say. Jeez. The, the, the memes from his last State of the Union where they had actual animals of coyotes carrying oh, babies across. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Perfect. The best part is people in San Diego here were like retweeting that like how dare he and I'm like Seriously? You guys are stupid. You grew up here. You know what that term is. But people nah, are just so there's a bunch of idiots that live here there's too. There's a 90% of the people in California. She just said you're probably driving next to a car with a trunk full of illegal people in it on the freeway right now, so stop tweeting this nonsense. Yeah. Which is 
better than average chance of happening. Yeah, just any yeah, at any given true. time, you're probably driving next to multi-million dollars worth of drugs going north or multi-million dollars worth of cash going south. Yep. Or people. Or people. Or guns. Yeah. Yeah. Or kinder eggs, I've heard. Oh. <laughs> Nor, you have any commentary on the uh, current status of the porous U.S. border? Yeah. Um, yes, just to bounce off, it's so strange that you guys don't sell Kinder eggs in, in the U.S. Well, we it's have a, it's them a choking hazard. Here. It's very dangerous. You know what? The fact that she knows that, I'm actually <laughs> extremely <laughs> impressed. Yeah. It's super impressive. That's like when you make an obscure obscure uh, thing and it's like, oh, somebody actually caught it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my commentary on the border, I mean, that uh, statement by um, our, our dear President Trump uh, says it all. Yes. Yeah. He nailed it uh, every single point. Yeah. Uh, but as and the word, the key word there is willful. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we can get into that, but it's uh, it's clearly about demographics and uh, and changing the landscape of uh, of the U.S. population at, at the end of the day. Yeah, Trump was uh, doing the rounds on a couple of the uh, you know cable news networks this week. He he appeared on the. Uh, Bo Sternly podcast, one that's popular in the uh, tri-state area, hmm. where he talked about you know some of the things that we've referenced on this show. Let's hear you know it's always good to hear his voice. Um, we don't have to air quote things when when he says it because he stresses them like <laughs> duly elected. So we'll, we'll see what he had to say right now when he was on that show. On to people saying things about you and unlike typical Republicans who put their tails between their legs and run away and cower from it, you fight back just like the average New Yorker does. We're not going to sit and take this crap from people. We fight back. So I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with your personality. I love you and the American people love you for it. We're glad that you fight back because you fight back for us. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really do. And I appreciate you. We've been so great, and our our great friend Rush, right? He was uh, absolutely. He was so angry at the result of that election because he knew it was rigged. It was a rigged election, and it's all coming out now. But Rush was out there, and he wasn't afraid to say it. You know, the big problem you have now is the weak rhinos, and and even the media that treats us okay, they're afraid to talk <laughs> about it. They're afraid to say the election was rigged. Oh, you know, please. Let's talk about 24. Let's talk about 22. Nope. The no single way. biggest subject that people want to hear about is, and they want it exposed, is the rigged election. And unless you do that, and it's being exposed now, wait till you see, it's being exposed big time in Arizona, Georgia, and elsewhere. Numbers that are determinative, big, big numbers, overthrow numbers. Big numbers like nobody's ever seen. Overthrow? And it's all coming out. No and they don't want to write about it because there's something. I think because they're weak or because they're weak and stupid. Even things, people <laughs> that you have on your side, you think that, but they say, oh, let's not talk about that. Let's look to the future. Well, the same thing's going to happen in the future if yep. you don't correct what That's exactly play. right. And, and you can see and they, that. They ought to get smart. And Even you can see from that. From a rating standpoint, James, you talk about it. By the way, uh, the man spoke spoke about it better than anybody. I mean, look at Rush was unbelievable. That's he exactly right. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Now, if you just closed your eyes and didn't know that that was Bo Snerdly, would you not think that that was our guest last I know, week, right? Anthony Butler of Where's the Purple <laughs> Podcast? It sounds just like him. He's got that deep bass to his voice. Yeah. Like, you know, I just... Uh, 
That's exactly right, Mr. President. And I'm just like, wow, that's a. I'm gonna I'm gonna repost that later and tag Anthony and hope, yeah. he, hope he doesn't not like it. I think he'll like it. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's that's kind of like you know the president's maintaining that and and, and staying on that narrative, and you know. I, it's just one of those things right now where he's uh, kind of holding the line in regards to also making it very clear that he is not having anything to do with these audits, which is very important and something we'll get into during Stop the Steal. He did appear on one other uh, show yesterday. It was on Right Side Broadcasting, um, and it was the Water Cooler Show. And he basically talked about some questions that the host had in regards to whether or not uh, he ever conceded the actual election results. I'm going to go with no. Full Americans who have lost uh, hope uh, in this country, uh, what, what do you tell them? How do you, how do you have them keep the faith through these tough times? I tell them to stay tuned. <laughs> now, what does that mean? You, I have to happens. ask you a follow-up on that, Mr. President. <laughs> stay tuned. That's all I get. That's all you get. I want to start with something you told Sean Hannity uh, last week. The headlines were about how you admitted defeat in the 2020 election when you said we didn't win. Is that an accurate headline? Did, did you admit defeat? I just want to understand that. No, I never admitted defeat. We have a lot of things happening right now. I think that that was an election that was, I don't think, all you have to do is read the newspapers and see what's coming out now. No, I never, the word is concede. I have not conceded. Right. I want to start with something. So, you know, getting 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 through that narrative and, and things that because I guess on Hannity, he said that he said something. And then the next line he went into is almost trademark. Let's see what happens about 2020. And, you know, Sean asked him for a follow up and he didn't want to kind of elaborate on it, because when it comes into reg to regards to stop the steal and all the things regarding the audits right now and, and the audits that are going to be starting moving forward. He's trying to distance himself completely away from that. Nor, what did you think about that commentary that we just heard from the president? I mean, it's it's a fact, and uh, he never conceded. We're all aware of that. Of that, and uh, I never expected him to concede, even even on uh, January twenty twentieth. On his, in his speech, he didn't concede, and uh, I would not expect him to. Yeah, I feel the exact same Cause, way. Because he didn't, he didn't lose. And if you, if if you know, why would he concede? I mean, I know there's st still a lot of work to be done, and we're just about to jump into our stop the steal segment. But isn't it crazy? The one, the, the one thing that I'd like to add, just one Go ahead. thing, is that I find it so incredible watching from the outside yes. all these so-called Republicans or conservatives who are like 2024. Oh, who's going to run in 2024? I find it so ridiculous. Uh, those who are entertaining this conversation and like and even 2022 20, like who the hell cares if you don't rectify the steel if you don't reverse the steel if you don't make um elections um legitimate safe again, again yeah. legitimate again make Se elections legitimate again oh. um, there, there's no republic no so what's not the at point? all yeah it's one of those things where uh you know we're just gonna have to like he says see what happens but moving Stay forward, tuned. yeah, I, I was saying it's it's kind of hard as, as as being you know, in the in the know as we are, with this stuff going on in the election. Like we all know, it, it's not fantasy, it's not, 
things that we're alleging to kind of take away from the actual narrative, which is in the media. It's, you want to hit the high points of reasons why we know? Well, are you talking about election statistics? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so we have 43 of 43 Bellwether counties. Yep. 18 of 19 Bellwether states. Uh-huh. We have never Ohio, Florida, and Iowa and not winning the presidency. Yep. We have Donald Trump almost quadrupling the amount of counties that Joe Biden won, which, in fact, is less than Hillary Clinton garnered in 2016 and both Barack Obama presidential wins. Ouch. What else we got? Anything good? Mm, I don't know. You're the stat guy. You okay? Yeah. Well, it was the most safest and secure Secure election election. in in the history of the Republic. And according to Jovan Pulitzer, there was a one in one quadrillion chance that Joe Biden would actually win the presidency. Now, if we go to cinematic conditioning and we talk about the Avengers movies. Oh. And we are in the end game now. Doctor Strange did say he visited almost 15 million timelines. And when asked how many of them the Avengers win, there was how many? One. Yeah, so hopefully... And that's, and that's a Trump time machine reference. Uh, yes, it certainly is. I, I just know that this is not the one timeline where Joe Biden got the most votes in the history of the <laughs> yeah. universe. Um, at a time when Donald Trump received 13 million more plus than he did in his first uh, presidential campaign, which means referendum on Donald Trump narrative debunked. Yeah. So... Well, I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah, those are just those stats. It's kind of like one of those things where if you, if you ask me about election stats, my eyes kind of roll back like a shark and I just can like vomit them out. So I wish I could remember all that shit all the time. Because sometimes you're just like talking to somebody and you're like, oh, I wish Ron was here. Yeah, he's like, well, prove it. And you're just like, yeah, well. Listen and then, to episode then 44. Yeah, exactly. Please reference episode. Start listening to my own podcast and be like, oh, where's that? oh that one. There it is. Yeah, okay. Not episodes one through six. Mm. How dare you. All right. Getting into Stop the Steal now, you know, we, we've come to learn over the last 24 hours that the um, Arizona audit has reached its completion and that all of the information regarding the give all, tell all of it is not going to be out for a few weeks. However, we did get some news yesterday out of Arizona and Maricopa County where the state Senate is set to adjourn before the audit results are released and aren't scheduled to reconvene until 2022. It's a couple of years. Oh, hang on. Um, It would take the governor, who's not really pro-audit and definitely not a Trump enthusiast, yeah, to emergency reconvene the state Senate to get those results in onto the House floor where they could then vote to decertify. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do for someone that wants to merge the bathrooms together. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge red flag and just another... (laughs) Nail in the coffin for. You got to make half the signs that way. You know, you'd save so much money. Soon to be former governor Greg Ducey. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a sad day when you can't go in a restroom and pee into a urinal. Speaking of the things that are can always pee in the sink. I was gonna say that's what the floor drains for for us shorter folks. (laughs) There you go. That are counter congruent. (laughs) I'm sorry. To the Arizona forensic audit, is the um. You don't mean height. The group that's been traveling the country, the National Task Force on Election Crises, Crises? Um, they were present at the uh, Maricopa County audit, and they were also having their tentacles infiltrate the Fulton <laughs> County one as well in Georgia. Um, speaking of things that all encompass, that group includes Stacey Abram and all of her <laughs> widedness, both gap in between her teeth is and it, waist size. Is it weird that I knew exactly what you were talking about when you said that before you said her name? 
and other, I would say Barack Obama um, administration loyalists who are connected to this group going around to monitor anything to do with the elections from 2020. Um, the Gateway Pundit reported that over the past, past few days, they have been able to tie some of the same individuals to those involved with election activities in Fulton County, Georgia, to the ones in Maricopa County during the elections. Um, one in particular, Jennifer Morell, who is a member of the task force uh, to the group she labeled as the election group, which was present in Georgia on election days and days after, has also been active in Maricopa County. Um, she is heavily involved in besmirching the audit works going on both in Arizona and soon to be Georgia. Um, yeah, and this task force is basically like they're a group of disinformationers who are tied to D.C. lobbyists on the left side that go around and say, oh, that's a nice little audit you got down there. Too bad it's illegitimate and fake. And then they go on every news channel they can and say that exact same thing, Operation Mockingbirded Lee. I saw something where they were they were trying to invalidate like the the data um, forensic examination that they were doing. Okay. And they're like, the address where this uh, person is registered and blah, blah, blah. And they were doing like drone footage of like a cabin in the woods. In Montana. Like, what the fuck? So um, the Secretary of State for Arizona, uh, Kelly Ward had gone out and, and kind of debunked that whole thing saying like, okay, this person that works for this company, that's working for the audit, that's one of his personal residence addresses. That doesn't mean that he's taking 500 pallets of ballots and having them like airdropped into this compound that he has in Montana to forensically. Well, tabulate. no, they didn't even say that. They said that it was the digital information was being examined there in a lab, and is like, is the right. lab in the cabin? Like, no, just, they said hmm. that they said it's a barn that can house a lot of animals. Could it also house a forensic <laughs> audit breakdown? <laughs> it was really a sad way to just kind of debunk it, and it goes out on one of those. You know, almost daily rees we see on the news. Well, it was a step above, you know, rewriting song lyrics to, <laughs> to be about Trump. So, but but as far as I'm concerned, Arizona's in the books. Got him. I think we will have an emergency reconvening of the state senate there, and we all know what it's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, we're going to have at least 250 ballots that were cast on election day that don't even count, and then we're going to have a new winner in that state. Decertified election results. Awkward. Should yeah. we cue the riots now, or should we wait till it? Do they riot in Arizona? Mm, no. I know they. I know they ninety-five plus mile car parade for Donald Trump. In addition to him holding two campaign rallies there right before the mm -hmm. election, but the state went blue for the first time since the forties. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know if they the actually riot. Forties. I was like when you guys were. In Do you want me to tell you why there's not going to be any riots there? <laughs> Open carry state. Um, yeah, and they also have one of those laws that protect. Um, drivers, motorists. Yeah, so you, you. I would love that in California because I have four wheel drive. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so just because you get I into your, just because you drive from point A to point B in California, you are in fact racist. Well, my truck is a nope. white truck with black rims with nope. American flag decals on the side. How dare you? And someone when Wait. I was getting my wheels done the other day, someone Did chucked a rock at the side of my door. What? Why? Because I live in the ghetto and there's American flag decals on the side. Okay. Wait, you live in the ghetto or you're getting your tires done in the ghetto? Both. Um, well, I'm like on the outskirts of the ghetto, but the tire shop was definitely yeah in the ghetto. In the ghetto. So yeah. some tweaker that doesn't like America. America. Um, the guy felt really bad because he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, some guy threw like a rock at your door, but I don't think it hit it. You should have blamed him. I'm like, you hit it with an air tool. I saw you. So I see <laughs> the other day I was washing my truck and there's a fat scratch on my truck. It's a bummer. 
Okay, so this this election integrity group is now tied to both states, one that has already completed a forensic audit and one that looks like it's going to have the next one. Um, a judge that we've referenced several times and over the course of the last several months on this show, Judge Amaro mm. down in Georgia, based off of the Favorito lawsuit in regards to chain of custody. Mm. Got it this week. How many times did I say chain of command two oh, weeks ago? Like, yeah. 17. And, and then you a couple it, times. it got so bad that the guest was like, yeah, custody. it just rolls off the lips. So, yeah. <laughs> Judge Amaro will take Fulton County's motion under advisement and wants to study the filings, and he will issue a ruling at a later date. Um, the latest hearing in the ongoing attempt to unseal more than 145,000 plus Fulton County absentee ballots to examine for the alleged uh, counterfeits in the 2020 presidential election is now under review. And this probably will be the final review by this judge. Um, he was all for unsealing them. He was all for election integrity, but now there's been so many hits from both sides. Um, Yesterday, he took on some high-powered criminal defense attorneys who filed a motion to delay the testimony of people who were subpoenaed to come into court. Now, we have uh, Ruby Freeman. We got her daughter, Shay. We have that other election official now, and even more so, you've had some Republican state legislators um, subpoena Twitter. Because apparently some of these things that made it onto the interwebs on November 3rd in regards to the Pelican boxes and the triples all the way up to 10 times ballots going through the machine, they were produced on Twitter in addition to some of the uh, live, you know, videos that they yeah, posted well, there were live themselves. streaming and, and social media involved in that too right so now twitter's been subpoenaed to give up all the information and even tweets that may have been deleted yeah they'll get right on that so yeah i'm sure um <laughs> plane's gonna crash into wherever that freaking data is housed so garland favorito <laughs> who's the patriot down in georgia who put all the money together to actually file this lawsuit in regards to the absentee ballots and stuff uh, gave a brief statement yesterday, and I want to just play that right now, see what he had to say. Garland, so give us a quick update. You just took a five-minute recess. What's happened so far in the case? Well, there's a big battle over sovereign immunity, and uh, the county's pointing to the Board of Elections, that they should be responsible, the board's pointing to the county, um, and then they're trying to, they're just basically trying to weasel out of it. Um, I don't think it'll be successful, but we'll just have to wait and see. All right, perfect. Well, we'll- so his whole narrative is that he doesn't think that the um, hundreds of lawyers that the DNC and administration has sent down to try and stop this audit in Georgia will be victorious in their attempts to block it just because of the evidence that's already been provided. Um, there was some other stuff that went on outside the courthouse the other day where you had one of the former election officials who had talked about the batches of ballots that have gone through and we've already talked about this on the show um just saying how the numbers just number one don't match up and almost are improbable where almost they are improbable yeah to say the least um you know it's one of those things where you you just can't speculate how many of those absentee ballots and the zuckerbucks lizardberg ballots you know came in (laughs) for boxes here's just a small rant of some of the batches that they had gone through already with the absentee ballots that have been unsealed nothing batch three biden 100 trump nothing batch four biden 99 trump zero these are statistical impossibilities everyone would know that another uh group of batches 
Biden 100, Trump zero. Biden 100, Trump zero. Biden 150, Trump zero. Biden 200, Trump zero. Secretary of State has to know that this information was incorrect. It's been there for months, ever since this audit data has been released. It's public data. And and there you have it. That's just some, in addition to like the military ones where we talked about where they had just one batch of military absentee ballots, it was Biden 100% of 950 ballots, Trump zero. Improbable. Right. And, and wow. you know, we also had um, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger backtracking last week. We read his tweets on the show where he had been safest and most secure election ever. Donald Trump tried to bully us into, you know, flipping the electoral votes. We found out due to the Washington Post um, expose that that transcript was released and was false. Yeah, they Donald Trump did not that. did not try to bully him into votes. He just wanted more of an investigation. When Donald Trump got into the actual narrative, of like Brad, this is ridiculous. I'm reading vote counts here. It's 100 to nothing. It's 200 to nothing. It's 950 to nothing. Like that just doesn't make any sense. You're telling me that all of these batches came in and every single one of those batches was Biden 100 percent, Trump zero percent. Like, yeah. you know, and, and and then Brad Raffensperger backpedaled last week on Twitter saying like. Okay, you know, we've lost a whole bunch of chain of custody forms. Mm, Awkward. Which miraculously reappeared this week, but they were only in copy form. Apparently, 1,500 forms from the Georgia election. Were they written in crayon? Well, they they were from a fired staffer (laughs) who apparently botched it and now found copies of them. Oh, good. Yeah, but who knows if those are going to be able to be entered in as official evidence. No, I would say if it's a chain of custody thing, then that's moot. How about no? Yeah. (laughs) How about no? How's about no? Um, But yeah, things are, are definitely moving in Georgia, and it looks like that will probably in conjunction with Pennsylvania be the next forensic audit. We did have an update from, and I'm going to take a poll right now and go around the room. Um, on the war room with Steve Bannon, he gave an update <laughs> on uh, some of the election stuff that's going on in both Georgia and Pennsylvania. But before we get started, uh, Steve Bannon, Q, me, no, Noah? Nope. No one? No. Nick? It's Nicholas Cage. Perfect. Nor? It's me. I, right. There you go, we, right? We, we, we talked about We've got fact. to stay exclusive. Nor Bin Laden is Q. <laughs> You heard it no. here first. No, she's no. not. And yeah. she doesn't think Steve Bannon's Q either. But let's hear about no. the unshaven, unkemptly harried unshaven. former executive from Breitbart, former Trump campaign top staffer, Steve Bannon, in parentheses, not Q. Get some info about the stuff that's going on in both Georgia and Pennsylvania. Is, am I hearing this correctly? No. That's what I'm hearing too. 10 seconds of Wisconsin, just to the MAGA posse, yeah. the MAGA brain trust, always come within the lines. But hear me loud and clear. It is vital to let Robin Voss, the Speaker of the House in Wisconsin, and Chris Kapanega, the President of the Senate, hear your voice and that subpoenas are necessary in Wisconsin to get to the bottom of November 3rd. Subpoenas are needed and necessary, and it is time for these elected Republicans to step fully up soon as next week again for a full arizona level audit in several counties in pennsylvania keep in mind and we need to be very clear on this we called the arizona audit because it sounds good right but this is actually the maricopa county audit there are a million other ballots right. in arizona not yeah. being audited right now 2.1 being audited a million not being audited so in pennsylvania yeah. you're going to see some counties be audited i believe in arizona in georgia in pennsylvania vitally in wisconsin every yeah. single county 
Yeah. Every single county has yeah. to have a full forensic yeah. audit. That is the freight Amen. train of audits. It's not as soon as next week again for a. So what do you guys think about that? You got some little updates there. He, he even threw in Wisconsin. And but before we, we jump to that, I just want to talk about one of the things that's kind of giving us a little bit of a push in Georgia. Okay. So Trump lost by, I think, nine-ish thousand in Georgia. Safest and most secure election ever, according mm. to the Secretary of State and Governor. Mm. We now know that there's over 1,500 chain of custody absentee ballot forms either not done or lost. And then it was announced two days ago, Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, moving forward for the 2022 elections, will remove over 100,000 Obsolete and outdated voter files. Yeah, you heard it right. This is coming out of uh, WSBTV.com, which is a local Atlanta uh, CBS news station. More than 100,000 Georgians are scheduled to be removed from the state's voter registration rules in a matter of weeks unless they take action. The Secretary of State's office released the full list of people who will be impacted on Friday so they could look it up online. And if they're alive and still in the state, they can object. But since they're all dead and probably don't live there, <laughs> they're not going to. Um, critics call it a voter purge and racist. But officials told Channel 2 CBS News investigator reporter Justin Gray that the removals are required by new Georgia laws and the role maintenance is required to happen every two years. So... Now you're talking about the record turnout that happened in 2020 election. The number of votes set to be removed from the state's voter roll is a fraction of what it was in 2017 or 2019. Perfect. Um, I think, Nor, it looks like you've yes. printed out <laughs> quite the Trump statement. And I'm going to ask you right now. This is in regards to the Georgia uh, voter removal of thing. I have it and I was going to read it. But I think what would be better is if you channeled the inner Trump and read it, emphasizing the quotes and punctuation marks he uses in all of his press releases. I will try, but I don't think I'll do you justice because <laughs> you do such a good job. But Get it. Let's let's go for it. So that came out a couple of a couple of hours ago. Yep. Georgia now plans to remove over a hundred thousand obsolete and outdated names off their voter rolls. Doing this, they say, will ensure voting files are up to date, while at the same time ensuring voter integrity in future elections. But what about the last election? Mm. Why wasn't this done prior to the November 3rd presidential election, where they had us losing by a very small number of votes, many times less than the 101,007 789 figure. This means we, you, won the presidential election in Georgia. But don't fret. Much other information will soon be revealed about Georgia and other states as well. It is coming out fast and furious. The 2020 presidential election was rigged. Perfect. <laughs> I think the only like thing it. that would be better... And you could add on to that is in parentheses at the end, big fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he left that out. Oh, don't worry. It'll be coming. Yeah. But yeah, so so he released a statement directly related to that article that was broke by a local CBS News um, website. Uh, moving on. 
In Michigan this week, over 7,000 signed affidavits were delivered to lawmakers um, in regards to election fraud and a demand for a forensic audit. Noah, you seem to be our uh, chief counsel. Would you explain to the audience what an affidavit is? Uh, it's going to be a official record of statement. Okay, and according to uh, Melissa Carone of Michigan, if you sign one of these, you have the opportunity to go to where if you like? Uh, jail. That would be jail. Perjury. Perjury. Yeah. I did see a tweet. Believe, um, believe it or not, jail. Yeah. How about no? Big jail. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet over the weekend where, where the actual ballots were being delivered to uh, Gretchen Whitmer's office in Michigan, who does double as Lard Farquaad <laughs> in the first Shrek movie. Um, and, and the security guard was there, said that she had not been into her actual governmental office in over two Years. You know who that sounds like? <clears throat> Obama when he was running for office the first time. Pretty much. Damn boy. So yeah, that's a whole lot of not doing work, boy. <laughs> Can you imagine his intern is like, where this guy hasn't been here for like two years? Mm. Well, we all know that the Clintons created Barack Obama, and when he got so big, he just destroyed them. So he was supposed to be like a gag gift, and he wound up running the country for eight years. Clintons nabbed more bodies than the average Navy SEAL. Amen. Yeah. We shouldn't have said that. No. Now we're all on the hit list. Yeah. We've been on the hit list. Yeah. Bring it, Hillary. Uh, Nor, what do you what do you think about all the stuff that's going on in these states right now? I know you see a lot of. Uh... Hopefully, an FBI agent doesn't shit on your floor. Well, if she comes on <laughs> my lawn. There's napalm filled in the sprinkler. So we got we, napalm now. We we or, see a lot of na- we've seen a lot of happening. Bars of soap and gasoline in a Home Depot bucket, and you oh, mix it. Yeah. Gas in the sprinklers. Yeah. It's a little sticky, but. And, and we we've had a lot of. Uh, you know, of these things look like they're starting to move forward. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia for sure look like at some point in the next 30 days or less could begin a forensic audit just based off of the legal pressure that a lot of these state legislators are putting on the states and some of these judges um, who were coincidentally appointed by Donald Trump and actually working for us now. So where we don't have the Kavanaugh's and the Amy Comey Barrett's voting pretty much with, you know, the the leisure we thought they would have by getting nominated and, and put in by the president, we do have these lower... Um, judges at the appellate level and things of that nature, lower circuits who are kind of pushing these state-sponsored uh, forensic audits to go on. So what do you think, Nor? Um, I'll, uh, I'll take my favorite general's words for it. You know, General Flynn Ooh. came out uh, in an interview yesterday or two days ago saying that the next three to four weeks were going to be shocking. Did he say that? Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I don't I ha- remember where. I have, oh, the, I have the audio right here. Oh, oh you have the yeah. audio? Okay. Of course. Let's listen to it. I thought she was going to say, like, I'll take my favorite general's comments for a thousand. Three <laughs> to four weeks, maybe less, but certainly three to four weeks. We're going to see out of Arizona and out of a couple of other places, probably Georgia. We're going to see some real bombshells, uh, to use a, a, an old term there, um, that's probably been overused. But we're going to see some things that are going to come out in these audits. Uh, and I think in the next three or four weeks that are going to that are just going to shock everybody. And, it, and frankly, everybody that's been paying attention and watching this thing, it won't be shocking. It won't be surprising. People are going to go, you know, see this. We've been saying this all along. So all of the exactly. media that have been talking about these conspiracy theorist people like me <laughs> and uh, and Patrick like and, and Sydney <laughs> and others who have Sydney been out. There, these aren't Sydney conspiracy Powell. theories. These are real things that have happened. The election was clearly uh, a misappropriated, stolen, however, whatever word you want to use. Big and fraud. now the discovery uh, of the evidence is uh, my, my starting to come to light. And I think we're going to see it in droves. 
in a couple of states and not just Maricopa County in Arizona. So what you're so yeah, there you go. There's there's Mr. General Flynn, one of one of our favorite patriots, and mm-hmm. I love him, Mr. I General. Him. Yeah, it was pretty cool when you know I really thought there was a small chance that we were going to get his brother on today when he retweeted. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, my response to your tweet, how much of a patriot you are, but we know that they're busy. Oh, right. Oh, Eventually. Right, right. I forgot Soon. about that. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if any of you guys saw it last week. I, I know Nora and I probably did, but there was an event where both Roger Stone and Michael Flynn were talking at, and they took a picture, and who'd they tag? I think they tagged like a couple people in the mainstream media, n- namely Rachel Maddow, <laughs> and they held up their presidential pardons, and they said they, they were having a a presidential pardon party while they were spreading <laughs> conspiracy theories across the United States. Man, yes. I bet he was pissed. Oh, it was oh, so, good. so yeah. <laughs> How dare you? You know, she's had a couple epic met- meltdowns this week. You think? Yeah. Yes. We will hear one of hers, but at the same time, well, you know what? Let's just hear it now because she was ringing about General Flynn the other day. It seems like she's got a, <laughs> seems like he's got a real hard on for General Flynn right now. So let's, <laughs> let's see what, what her kind of meltdown was looking like from both the Washington Post and from Talking Points Memo, it may have been um, this woman who you see doing multiple um, right-wing radio show interviews here. She runs a conspiracy website whose URL is, I kid you not, the web... address of her firm is italydidit.com. That's her web address, italydidit. She claims to have gone to a Christmas Eve party at Mar-a-Lago last year after the election, whereupon she had the opportunity to tell Donald Trump personally and directly about the Italygate conspiracy. Okay, and and we've covered that on this show in great extent, but I think, um, you know, one of the the biggest lights that are coming out of that whole Italygate scandal is that, you know, part of the election that was, I don't want to say stolen, but... I mean, mm-hmm. stolen, the big, big fraud, and all that rigged. Big fraud, right? Huge. Stemmed from that Italygate stuff, and then you know she kind of went on a rant the other day uh, that included both uh, General Flynn and his brother when she realized that they were related. <laughs> so. Let's hear what she had to say about that. Exactly what was going on. And we're directly fielding panicked calls from lawmakers asking for help. We also don't know whether General Charles Flynn and his brother Mike Flynn were in communication at all about anything on that day of the attack or anything in the lead up to the attack. We don't know that at all. She's referencing January 6th. That's very unsettling. Uh, General Charles Flynn has since been put in charge of all U.S. Army forces in the Pacific. Sure has. Mm. While his brother Mike is currently touring the country, appearing at events marketed to adherents of the QAnon conspiracy theory, telling them there really ought to be a military coup in this country to reinstall Trump in power, propounding the fantasy to his followers that Trump will be put back in as president sometime this year. That's one brother, while the other brother is running the U.S. Army in the Pacific region. After being part of whatever decision-making process went so wrong at the Pentagon on January 6th that resulted in there being no help from the National Guard to save the Capitol he had for hours while it was being overrun by supporters of General Charlie Flynn's brother, Mike, and then President Trump. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, she was like short, short circuiting there. Yeah. 
But <laughs> hang in there. Believe it or not, that was not <laughs> the biggest meltdown. Um, that was pretty composed. Well, mm. as far as meltdowns go, you I know. Mean, <laughs> speaking speaking of things that are pretty composed, last week probably took a couple takes. And, and and I think it was quite composedly Adderall filled. We had Chuck Schumer on the show last week, where he talked about retarded homeless kids. <laughs> that was epic. So, but some, some he did do something a little bit more cognate this <sighs> week when he spoke on the Senate floor and he talked about some of the election integrity laws that are being passed. I believe it's 241 laws across 41 states. That's a lot of laws. Yeah. And just imagine all those laws need to be passed after an election that was the most safest and secure in the history of the republic. That doesn't seem like a response to a safe and secure election. That you know what like is a response? The response to the exact opposite. Right, is the response that he had on the Senate floor this week. Oh, yeah. Just a note. How despicable a man is Donald Trump? <laughs> Open he lost the election legitimately. <laughs> he can't face that. That it was his failure. And he creates a lie. A big lie, and wins so many people over to that lie with the help of news media and other news commentators who are lying as well, and they know it. Stop it. He's talking about it. Again, (laughs) Donald Trump, with his despicable lies, has lit a fire beneath Republican state legislatures, and they have launched the most sweeping voter suppression efforts in at least, in at least 80 years. God. More than 250 bills in 43 states were introduced just between the months of January and February that would restrict the right to vote. <laughs> Do you want to know how many were introduced during a similar period of time last no. year? 17. The year period. before Donald Trump was telling a big lie, 35. Boring. 35 in 2020, more than 250 in 2021. So there you have that. I wonder why. Maybe because people fucking noticed this time. Yeah. So as we kind of round third and and round up stop the steal, we got a lot of stuff going on. Mm. We got Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, Michigan steamrolling towards where Georgia's at right now, where a judge is ready to say forensic audit, yay or nay. There's no way that a federal judge is going to be able to get off the hook by saying these chain of custody forms that are lost, in addition to 100,000 people being removed from the voter rolls and the laws that were changed in the state, in addition to the, all the Dropbox audit drama they have from the Lizardberg stuff, Lizardberg. skates without having any kind of an audit there. If they don't want to forensically audit the entire county, the absentee ballots 100% have to be audited. Nick, agree? <clears throat> yeah, of course. Noah? Yeah. Okay, I like it. Nor, are, are you yeah. feeling pretty confident right now where where we're at in Stop the Steal? I know it's almost seven months now past when we, we should have got a result, but it looks like we're moving towards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know this might sound a bit crazy, but I haven't Not wavered. I haven't wavered a single day since okay. November 3rd. If, like, if you're talking crazy, this is the right issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it just gets... Like, for people that are involved in the movement, and even try to find people on the street. Okay, you, you find a typical... Li- homeless people? Anybody. Oh. If you say... Retarded kids? <laughs> according to Chuck Schumer, <laughs> that we, you, we used to build homes for them. The, the retarded kids. Retarded. So, but I mean, try to find somebody that could say, you sit them down, you look them in the eye, and you say, tell me... R A T A R D E D. Wow, no regrets. <laughs> Retarded. No regrets. Yep. That Joe Biden 
got 80 million votes. Yeah, I've just not seen it. So, and even no, if they sir. even if they want to say, well, you know, the election, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Well, well, a lot more people the, by then even start, the illegal immigrants that are flooding this country that are voting are probably like, I'm not voting for Biden. Are you serious? Yeah, he didn't give us any free shit. Yeah, he made yeah, it stay in Del Rio, Texas. Texas. I was planning on racking a bunch of student loans. Yeah, I was going to vote for Trump. This is crazy. How dare they misrepresent it, illegals that are voting? I really feel like right now we're on the precipice mm. of like something pre- huge and bigly in regards to these election results. General Flynn, Donald Trump, and several others have alluded to the next four weeks. Even Steve Bannon, not Q. <laughs> Ron Watkins, feet picks, I'll say it. Fingerless glove, <laughs> gold gym, workout I, glove. I think, the next month, <laughs> I, I think the next month is going to be pretty big for, for the movement. Mm-hmm. I, and I think anybody that's kind of in this with us right now needs to memes full steam ahead. I'd say in it to win it, but yeah. I think we already won. Well, that's the thing. It's like... We've been win- winning. <laughs> We're living in a world right now to where it's like, you know what the reality is, but the but the actual every day and getting up and like putting your pants on and your shoes on and all that other stuff is like not the reality that's actually real. You know, it, it's it's. Well, I mean, if you're a teacher, you don't have to put your pants on because you're Zoom. That's true. Yeah, gross. Um, well, we, uh, we, to be fair, to be fair, if, <laughs> if you were a teacher, and here we go, I wouldn't put pants on. Yeah, why would you? You know when you took your senior high school uh, picture and it was like a vest with like a, it looked like a tuxedo, but it wasn't? Right. Mm, I don't think I did that. Yeah, you just put on like the little, you put on like the little thing. It's, it's like, like a sports, bow tie. it's a sports bra with, <laughs> with the bow tie. Yeah. I think it's a I sleeveless just, shirt. I think I just wore normal clothes. For, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you must have went to a normal high school, not yeah. in the ghetto like I did. <laughs> ghetto. Second time I said it. Um, we did have some other news last week and, and news that's kind of big. Um, Emerald Robinson of One American News reported um, about two or three days ago that the head of counter intel efforts in America has defected to the USA. He is of Chinese descent. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of shit. The DIA China. Um, right now has him in custody and is interviewing him with a little debrief. His name is Dong Jinhui. Wait, say it again. Dong. The Jinhui. Donger. In English? So the news, like the Dong, is both big. <laughs> And his last name is Jingwei. Okay. He's provided the DIA with contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. Got him. I can't. He has confirmed that a third of all Chinese students in the United States are spies. Yes. <laughs> let, let that sink in for a second. I, I, was, I was pausing for shock effect. Nick ruined it. Sorry. Um, and according to <laughs> other media outlets, a little off right <laughs> he, he has this high level of, of um, Information that he gave to the DIA, and I'm going to read them off right now. Financial records on U.S. government officials and businesses um, of people who took money from the CCP. Ooh. Uh, U.S. citizen who gave intel to China. Mm. Names of Chinese spies currently in the U.S. Okay. A lot. Useful. And according to Town Hall and the Red State, both conservative websites, Dong, quoting now, it's has a- extremely embarrassing and damaging information about our intelligence community uh, in the de- and the data has been given to the DIA. Mr. Dong to you. Yeah. You, all, know, he- uh, who, you know who I remember warning about this at a governor's dinner a couple of years ago? You Go got ahead. invited to a governor's dinner? No, I wasn't there, but I mean, I, oh. I was following uh, the, I the to remarks. Governor's dinner. Mike Lindell got kicked out of a governor's dinner. <laughs> who was it? Um, uh-huh. Mike Pompeo, you remember? He who? sure has. And, and he's been one of the people that have been going on you know, the local circuit lately and saying that they had enough to tie China and the CCP to COVID, but they were unable to do it because of the, you know, restrictions that the intelligence community were kind of putting on the DOJ at the time. 
Dong, getting back to him, and the big news that he's disseminating now as as he's flipped to the U.S., also revealed that he's got early um, studies on COVID. Okay. Computer models of how COVID would spread and damage assessments uh, to the USA and Western nations. Sounds like war planning. Uh, financial records of orgs that funded COVID and other bioweapons research. Like dot orgs? Yep. And according to the Red State sources, the defector has the rest of the intelligence community in the USA and the Leo community scared shitless. End oh. quote. Um, she wrote, obviously, this should be one of the top stories in the U.S. media today. This was three days ago. I've yet to see it other than like a ticker tape at the bottom of the screen that, you know, Dong has flipped to the U.S. and now is giving hard evidence <laughs> On the intelligence community here. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of this coming in subcommittees once the debrief is done. But but I think for face and shock value, not to drive the hard narrative too deep. I want to take a dong in the face. Yeah, we're going to have to take it for what it is and not really <laughs> uh, shoot our shot too early. Yeah. So that's where we're kind of at with that one. Uh, Nor, what do you think? I think that's pretty pretty bigly news. What are your thoughts on dong? Um, my thoughts on Dong and on the situation. Um, listen, China clearly played a role in all of this, but let's not forget um, who financed or who was doing the research on the reservoir code virus, uh, and also the measures that were put in place. Yes, of course. Once the virus reached uh, U.S. shores. Um, the virus wasn't that um, deadly, uh, didn't warrant any of these tyrannical measures. And um, while a lot of energy must be put to spread the information about the origins of the virus, we mustn't lose focus about how um, the virus was weaponized by those so-called leaders to transform the West into these tyrannical police states yeah, in which we live now mm -hmm. so you've led into our next segment and our next topic um we want to touch briefly on covid because it's a dead narrative now it doesn't exist mm -hmm. uh places like mm -hmm. disney sporting events across the country have pretty much said like we're not going to check for vaccination records and you can all come in um, it's it's just the nice way of them letting it die without saying that it was bullshit. High-ranking top mm -hmm. Trump advisor and person who likes to light up the Fauci punching bag, Ooh. Dr. Peter Navarro. Got him. Sat down with... Wow, he's awesome. He is amazing. I like the fact that he's got like long hair and he kind of does a little man bun in the back. And then, you know, I saw him throughout the, the, the Trump years in the White House wearing like the three-piece suit, looking kind of handsome, you know, doing mm -hmm. his thing. And then when he goes on any news report, he's got, like, his hair tied back in a bun, and he's wearing, like, a V-neck muscle shirt with the sleeves that go all the way up almost to the <laughs> shoulders. And it's like, he, he is the Shia LaBeouf do-it meme in real life. Yeah. He literally is. Do it. And he got on uh, One American News this week. He sat down with Chanel and, and kind of dropped some bombs on Dr. Fauci. Let's hear what he had to say just about, you know, that COVID-crushing narrative that we're kind of destroying into the ground like the beer can that we need to crush after the show right those, now. Though. Sure do. Uh, is that there was a 
Tree reflects on the world's handling of COVID-19. There is no greater tragedy than realizing avoidable mistakes. Former White House trade advisor and author of Death by China, Peter Navarro, tells One American News the ineptitude of NIH director Anthony Fauci combined with Fauci's grudge against Donald Trump are two things that must be exposed. The blood um, literally of hundreds of thousands of Americans are on the hands of people like Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, and uh, Stephen Hahn at the FDA. If you take, for example, uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, I knew from the outset, reading the available scientific literature at the time, that hydroxychloroquine was certainly safe. It was been used for six decades, but it was also effective, uh, not just as a cure, for for the for the virus. Navarro recalls that when early data showed anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine was effective at reducing COVID fatalities, the Trump administration secured 60 million doses stashed in FEMA warehouses. That's enough hydroxy for five million Americans, right? And so there, we could have literally just with that shipment alone saved thousands of lives. And and Fauci, Fauci, that guy was at the at the bottom of everything wrong that uh, with the pandemic because he was the principal person who blocked hydroxychloroquine, who helped create hydroxy hysteria in the press, and who pressured Stephen Hahn at the FDA to issue adverse rulings. And he kind of brought it home with that, you know, talking about how alternative uh, health measures were repressed. Uh, due to the fact, you know, for the stuff that got started with Operation Warp Speed. Let's try to encompass this real quick, because Donald Trump's made some very uh, clarative comments over the last week, okay? So Donald Trump from the beginning talked about alternative healing methods in regards to prevention of the coronavirus, right? Hydroxychloroquine was kind of something that has been out there from the beginning. Therapeutics. There you go. Prophylactics? Yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of people in the military, when they go to foreign lands, get the dosage of it as a preventative. General Flynn stated on this show several times, not as a guest, but <laughs> as an, in an audio clip that he's taken hydroxychloroquine for the greater part of the last 35 years in a microdose, uh, you know, form. So once that narrative was crushed, there was nothing else that Donald Trump could do than put his finger on the backs of Big Pharma and say, listen, lockdowns cool, do whatever you want. You know, you guys kind of got ahead of that narrative. They're not happening for three to five years. We're going to do warp speed. We're going to have a vaccine, blah, 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 blah. Everybody keeps saying, you know, Donald Trump is the other side of the coin of the same kind of people that are bad and that he's pushing the vaccine. Him pushing Operation Warp Speed and then last week at his Wisconsin rally clarifying that getting the vaccine is a choice and that is available for people who are at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, was very definitive, and then even today came out and said, children, clarifying, 18 and under, do not and should not have to get the vaccine. So, you know, it's one of those things where once they put the pressure on them, they kind of pushed out these, whatever you want to call them, on the American public. And now anyone who's gotten the jab is pretty much a live actor in the clinical trial, which doesn't end until sometime in late 2023. Mm -hmm. Results I mean, results are results vary so far. 
They sure do. It's either like you get the saline or you die, pretty much. You, you that's can, extreme, but I mean, well, you yeah, could stick a spoon a to your arm and. Nah, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, me either. Nora, what do you feel? You know, Donald, Donald Trump's kind of drawn the line in regards to the vaccine because a lot of the mainstream media has pushed him on it to make comments. And just in the last week, he said that, you know, it's your choice. It's available if you wanted to. He gave credit to himself in Operation Warp Speed as like a, um, you know, facet of the federal government, which basically ended the lockdowns expeditedly, but doesn't necessarily mean that the, um, you know, vaccine itself is tied to it and then said children should pretty much stay away from it. Yeah, I followed. Um, President Trump has said this from the beginning, that vaccines should be a choice. He never uh, departed from that line. So I think he was he, he was put in a position where he had to, as you correctly said, uh, Ron, put the pharma companies on their backs. And um, I've been watching this whole COVID thing unfold right. in absolute disgust, knowing that we've had the cure since March 2020, and we had brave doctors. The first ones were Dr. Zelenko and Dr. Raoult here in, in France in Marseille, close by, Yep. Um, who were talking about this already in March and April. And the fact that um, they used these lockdowns to A, rig the election, and B, push this experimental um, jab onto the world is uh, is disgusting because I'm sure you all know, but without without a cure, or rather, if if they had a known cure, they wouldn't have gotten the expedited um, emergency permission to do the vaccine. Yes, mm-hmm. those pharma companies. So it's it's just really the whole COVID thing is disgusting, and seeing people run, and we mentioned it earlier um, in the show, but to see people just run and get this jab and be part of this experiment as you've said they're they're walking guinea pigs and um there are so many deaths what they did is that they maximized covid deaths you know putting some guy that died on a motorcycle on the list of covid deaths and they just hyped 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 up those deaths and then now they're doing the exact opposite they're minimizing all the deaths due to the vaccines I can't even call it vaccine, like quote vaccines, jabs, and the adverse reactions. And yeah. um, I know, I know, lots of people who've gotten the vaccine, and in Europe especially, because we we the culture over here is that since we have so many neighboring countries and we tend to travel to different countries for mm-hmm. holidays, here the 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 mentality is very much, oh, I need to get the jab so that I can travel. And it's something that I so don't understand. I have more understanding for people who are convinced that this COVID thing is really dangerous and that they need to protect themselves and protect people around them. And they're fully in that line of thinking. There is at least some form of coherence I can get. But the people over here in Europe who tell me, oh, no, we, we we're getting the vaccine because we really want to go on holiday to Spain. And I'm like, you are kneeling, you are kneeling down in front of these, these um, tyrants and basically obeying to their blackmail. Yeah. And, uh, and I really don't get it. And as someone who used to travel 
very often, like most of my close friends here in Europe live in London. And so I'd often go to London. It's like an hour and a half plane ride for me from Switzerland to give you an idea. And I haven't been to London. I haven't even met my goddaughter. My goddaughter was born uh, in the meantime in London, and I haven't even met her in real life. I couldn't go. I had to to, to FaceTime into her um, baptism. Uh, but, I mean, I refuse. I refuse, and I don't know. They'll have to jail me if they make this mandatory at some point, but I'm not injecting myself with this poison. I'm not either. I don't think uh, any of the other guys here were no, sir. hard, well, hard pass. There's plenty of other people too, and especially young people here that to them, everybody's telling them that this is a real thing. It's like an authorized, you know, it's authorized under emergency use, which is a completely different thing. It's like, you're not going to go sign up for some experimental gene no. therapy in the back pages of the, no, you know, no. As Marjorie Taylor Green $500 for, yes. uh, you know. Marjorie Taylor Green pointed out last week at a press conference, this is still in clinical trials and it is not approved by the FDA. So that means any kind of um, employer up through the federal government that tries to make it mandatory, you will have legal standing to, to refuse it. Yeah, even OSHA addressed it, yeah. But God bless um, uh, Dr. Rand Paul and also Tucker Carlson, who's been, you know, talking about this. It's it's so important to to let people know what's actually going on because there are really, I mean, the the number of deaths. There's been a wave of deaths of um, British Airways pilots yep. that nobody's talking about. They had They're four in a week. Them. Four in a yeah. week that died, all from blood clots, and you know they, yeah. they they went out and put out a statement that said it's unfortunate that these people died, but there's no real weight into the conspiracy theorist narrative that because these people all received the injection, their second injection just a week before they all died randomly of blood clots, which but is which is actually a reaction that perfectly a lot of people are healthy having. people, yeah, yeah, exactly. But imagine this: maybe we're going to get to the point where they realize that. Um, uh, people who are vaccinated and take the planes are in such risks of dying on the planes, and the, the airlines won't want to compensate. And so, they won't, they won't the be able to travel. People won't be able to travel. Can you maybe uh, we might reach that point? Wow, that'd, be, that'd awesome. be crazy. Yeah. So, last thing I got before we got a little speed round is uh, mm -hmm. Donald Trump's personal best friend, Dan Scavino, mm. sat down with Laura Trump last too. week. Um, and basically did a one-on-one uh, -on -one interview. You, you never hear Scavino talk. He's one of Donald Trump's prime shit posters. He's the, still the director of Donald Trump's social media, even though Donald Trump's not the president, air quoting. And that you know, he should have no official context, even though a lot of the people still working for Donald Trump are still being paid by the federal government. Weird, right? What do you mean? What do you mean? He's not the president. He's in the Winter White White House. Well, I mean, oh no, actually, now he's in Bedminster. Now, yeah, he's in Bedminster. Now he's yeah. in the Spring White House. He's got better protection than uh, Biden. Does. Yeah, sure does. And and he actually gets a designation when his plane flies, unlike guys, Biden and Harris. Guys, I have to tell you a really weird thing that happened during the summit last week. Okay. I haven't actually talked about this before, but so Stay exclusive. the boat thing, yeah, exclusive. The boat thing we did it the day before, right? the actual meeting was taking place because the lake space in Geneva was closed. So I organized to do the lake thing the day before. And on the day of, um, with my friend Dan uh, Lyman from InfoWars, we went um, on the street and, uh, and were standing where the motorcades were going to come through. And we were waiting for Putin's motorcade, which was slated to be the first mm -hmm. motorcade to go. 
and there were at least like four rows of uh, security, um, military, police from different cantons, which are our states here. And um, the military and police presence, presence was really high. And then the Putin motorcade goes through. And once they went through, almost 70% of all the officers <laughs> left. Of course. And 10 minutes <laughs> later, Biden's motorcade went through. But so I really didn't understand. And to the point that me and, and Dan were like, okay, well, clearly he's probably taking the helicopter to go to the meeting place and he's not going to go by the same route because they're removing 70% of the security. So I don't know. It's really weird. And you saw it with home. your own eyes. Which Biden, is crazy. Biden goes by getting towed behind a Buick on a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> You, 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 you want to know what else is weird? They had that huge military exercise um, oh, yeah. in D.C. last week with the helicopters landing all over, you know, the mm -hmm. Capitol area and the White House lawn talking about, you know, expedition ex expeditionary. Yeah. Uh, actions and removal of bodies and stuff of that nature while both mm -hmm. the president and the vice president were out of the country. Hmm. Right. Kind of weird. It's like a. Uh, Coming to Nick's house when he's when he's not home and like yelling at his ring cam. Wait, well we have done a podcast here when he's not here. <laughs> but but circling back, ah, I'm at your house, motherfucker. Open up. Donald Trump's best friend, Dan Scavino. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Who has acknowledged us at least? Oh yeah. So we did have our 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 mega double post like what two months ago where yeah. we we did our little Avengers thing. Oh yeah. And then within ten minutes of the post, Dan puts out a hype video with Avengers theme music. Nice. Yeah. Direct nod to us here at the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We love you, Dan. If you ever want to come on our show, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Uh, we'll all keep tagging you on social media until you do. Yep. Or you block us. <laughs> Please don't block us. Uh, but he sat down with Laura Trump and he, and he talked about a couple of things. I I made a reference to it last week. He did say. Um, you know, growing up as a 16 year old and then to a 45 year old, um, being friends with Donald Trump and, and, and moving up the chain there. And, and that reference of 1645, which he pretty much said in one breath was a reference to a Q drop that said, you know, you're not alone. We're fighting with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to be with you until the end and where we go when we go all. So I thought that was cool for my first decode. Right. You know, I've been in this movement for a minute and. I just kind of heard it and it set a light off and I said, okay, let's see what 1645 is. And then when I seen it, I was like, oh, okay. Mm. But he did talk about some of the uh, happenings that go on when he operates the social media and something that we might be able to find out about a little bit down the road. Let's hear what Dan had to say. The road or yeah. on the plane where he would dictate different things and I would send them out or um, a lot of the events where naturally that's just content you want to push out. So yeah. he, he left that up for me to do. Um, it was a lot of pressure, yeah. you know, misspellings or, um, oh, it, it was definitely a lot of pressure. You were in charge of Kofefe. Kofefe <laughs> is a long story and I, I'll go back to what Sean Spicer said. Those that needed to know about that's what it. it was, that's, that's what it, it was. And that one's for you, Sean. That oh, one's for you out there, Spicer. Uh, those that need to know, know. But the Kofefe one is probably one of the, um, all time greats. Yes. One of these days I'll be able to tell or share that story. Okay. Um, but it, it definitely a challenge uh, pushing the content out uh, process where we got imagine being the guy that's like literally in charge of like Donald Trump's like I'm about to do a tweet. <laughs> it's going to be a great tweet. Huge. There's never oh, been a tweet like good. this that had ever been tweeted before. Stand by. 
And then you have oh, to kind of. Oh, you should have read the statement. Oh man! And then, and then he's like, uh, all caps, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And sir, would you like the uh, big fraud in parentheses? <laughs> so, or, or should we just assume? Yeah. So, do you want totally rigged in all caps or with quotes? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dan. You've known me for thirty-five years. No, but it, it's one of those things where it was, it was good to hear his voice. It was it was kind of awesome to see him, uh, you know articulate some of the things he says and, and some of the things that go on behind the scene. I know it was kind of like a softball questions, but you know, that's the guy that's out there. That's basically tying all those drops together and, and bringing all those deltas back right now, because you know, what we've heard from the main account is kind of been quiet mm-hmm. since Memorial day and then November or December before that. Uh, but in regards to, uh, you know, things moving forward, he always knows how to kind of tie it back. And, and seems like an all-around good guy. Nor, before we wrap, we kind of got a speed round for you. Uh, we just want to get our audience a little bit more familiarized with you. So we've collaborated a small batch of questions, and they're going to be like literally one-word answers. I'm so bad at those, just so you know, but I'll do my best. Perfect. Just whatever, uh, it, it whatever comes that, to your mind. We'll ease you in, and then they'll get a little bit more challenging as they go on. Uh, favorite color? Green. Okay. Favorite food? Um, I love so many different foods I can't choose. Nice. Steak. I Ooh. love steak. Perfect. Boom. Okay. <sighs> Your piece of Well, shit. filet. No, that's fine. We'll just call it steak. <laughs> Have you ever eaten at a Buffalo Wild Lakes? A Buffalo Wild Lakes? Is that our chain or a restaurant? It's the best restaurant ever. It's Nick's favorite place. <laughs> when you come to California. Okay, so have, All right, we'll, we'll, we'll have so to come back to that to one. If you, okay, you'll have to you know, take me. We'll if you, you ever come to San Diego, we will take you. Yeah. Okay, ribs or brisket? Ribs. Perfect. Gas grill or charcoal? Gas grill or charcoal. Not gas. So charcoal. Uh, grill or charcoal. I, I, I need to come over there and I we need to do some sampling. All right, all right. Sounds good. What's your favorite fast food or food dirty pleasure? I like I love burgers. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, this is a Sydney Powell reference. Do you own or like to sport any animal print clothing? Absolutely, I love leopard print. Nice. I have tons of leopard print. This is the last question. Kind of a hot topic. Kind of came in hot from a lot of our accounts. Was 9-11 an inside job? No comments. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write it. All right. Well, this episode sure has been a treat. Yeah. Um, we covered so much stuff that it's almost unbelievable to think that it just happened in the course of five or six days. Yep. Um, and I can only assume that moving forward, we're going to have even more stuff to cover. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you just kind of have to look at it as, you know, we're out here doing the work. And when all of the major mainstream media executives and reporters are arrested and taken to Gitmo, we will have jobs waiting for us in the future. Because I feel like even though our commentary may get off the rails a little bit, <laughs> we still do it better than most. <laughs> um, 
But before we get into anything else, Norbin Laden, thank you so much for coming down to Stakes of Reference podcast. I hope we did a good job of entertaining you. I also hope that in the future you would come back. And can you do us a favor and tell our audience any place, anything that you do, anywhere that anyone could find you so they can go do their research and get to know you a little bit better? First of all, it was so much fun uh, being on with you guys, and I'd absolutely love to come back. Thanks for having me. Um, next up, yes, everybody can find me at norbinladen.com. Um, Bin Laden is written B-I-N-L-A-D-I-N because that's the OG translation. Not many people know that. Um, And I'm on Twitter, on Instagram. Twitter is Nor Bin Laden. Instagram is at Real Norby L. Um, And a little bit of news. Well, my podcast is coming out soon. I'd say uh, probably next week. Excited. Nice. I'm aiming for next week. Yeah. Well, perfect. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we look forward to having you back in the future. Mm-hmm. The Steak for Breakfast Thanks. podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. You can uh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google. Our website is steakforbreakfastpodcast.com, and our Instagrams are Steak for Breakfast Podcast and Steak for Podcast Breakfast. You can find us on Twitter at Dose23Trace. And on Gab at Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Download the shows, listen, like, follow, and share. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, rate and review. Uh, five stars. Good. Anything less, Nick's going to come and find you. <coughs> Speaking of which. Uh-oh. And here we go. Now that we have this pulled up. <clears throat> Whoever <laughs> Diesel Trinity is. I'm going to read this comment because it's super disrespectful. <laughs> One star. Oof. This is off of iTunes. I don't know where to like to laugh or be upset at this. Oh, just read it. <laughs> read it. <laughs> the caption is disappointing. Dot dot dot. If you're a young conservative looking for people who will present fresh ideas and ways to push the party forward, look elsewhere. <laughs> Two hours of conspiracies and bad jokes. The only guy that makes any sense is drunk half the time. <laughs> That's that, you. <laughs> that run guy. That Roan guy might actually be on the spectrum. Dot dot dot. Sad. Wow, he called me autistic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, you want to know what? All out. I think it's cool. Yeah. Our upcoming guest. <laughs> I don't make any sense. Look, I don't even drink. Next, I, I don't usually. I usually check oh, the comments, I, but I did during the show just randomly. I didn't discover that until halfway Nick, through Nick sent show. me a text. Is like, some chick just body bag is on iTunes. <laughs> um, our next, our, ne- our upcoming guest, we're going to have Sheep No More next week, which is going to be pretty much awesome. Oh. If you want two hours of conspiracy theory and some guys being drunk, I guess that's where you're going to go because he, he's one of the biggest add-ons out there. The following week, we're going to have Wits Up 717 and Anna Eva Patriot in a Friends episode. And then the week after that on... 717? Yeah. I, I, I've read it wrong for months. Yeah. You, uh, okay. And then the week after that, we're going to have Wonder Woman. Nice. Yeah, so we're circling back with her. Um, it's going to be... A lot of fun with a lot of good two hours of conspiracy theories and apparently <laughs> drunk people, which we aren't. Um, don't forget any of our sponsors. Odyssey is at odyssey.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, they've got some awesome in-studio podcast recording gear. Manrubs and manrubs.com. Guys, gals, one rule. Don't mistreat your meat. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get the rubs. Especially you, Diesel Trinity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Madrubs.com. They're also on Instagram and Facebook. Stay ready gear. Uh, Mike's one of the best firearms dealers in Southern California. He's also got ammo, cleaning kits, cases, you name it, he's got it. Mike's on Facebook. And it's 619-870-6992, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Uh, stay ready, gear. Yep. Still waiting to find out about if anybody's going to order that Steak for Breakfast podcast concealed carrier for Definitely us. Definitely not. Yeah. Diesel I, Trinity. I, I currently have the, uh, I have Glock 43 with me today. It's got the TRL-6 on it, uh, red beam, yep. and extended map with, with, with a lot of upgrades. So conceal, like Christmas is coming up. Yeah. So you might want to get me one of those. Uh, tactical Gear, Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox, Dumpbox.us, and Mediocre Medic, and MediocreMedic.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Never forget our sponsors. They they help out this show. Uh, they give us promo codes, and they help make Steak for Records great again? Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, show creds this week. Obviously, go Norbin Laden. Thank you for collaborating with me a little bit offline so we can put some of that stuff into the show and make it as great as it was. We got James from We The People Podcast, Jasmine of Russian Disinformation, Wits Up 717, and Reverse Mockingbird. Definitely not Diesel Trinity. And as we round home here, <laughs> we cannot forget our friends of the week, people who help make memes great again. Axia 5.0. Kaleo 3 probably has the best post in regards to our show. She puts up a lot of our audio and kind of cuts it up on Instagram in like three or four different slides. Her yeah. favorite parts. Um, Carm Vibes. She's kind of coming up on the... Uh, Reigns of one of the meme queens out there. Rise of the Phoenix, of course. What I mean to say, period in between each word. Genevieve McCullough sharing a lot of our content. Wonder Woman 10.0. Uh, M. Hansen 17. And I think that's it. Just kidding. Baby Cakes 2.0. He's mad. He's not going to laugh today. You got to giggle a little bit, Nick. I'm just mad at Diesel Trinity. All right. If you keep, if you keep giving her a shout out or whoever it is, then... People are going to start giving us one-star reviews How just, dare to, you just to get your response. No, Baby Cakes, we love you. As I said before, ladies and gentlemen, next week we will be back with Sheep No More. And on behalf... I just want, oh, go I ahead. I just wanted to give a shout-out to my friend Rabbit17. Everyone should go follow her. Hey, Nora, off, Him. off the record, but on the record, you got with Dan from yeah. InfoWars. We've been with Tom Pappert, who's a guest contributor on InfoWars. There has to be a way at some point in the future where you and us... Get on that show with Alex. I hope you can make it happen. You got a little bit more pull than us. I'll see what I can do. We appreciate it. That's not a no. Um, On behalf of myself, Nolan, who's visiting, and my lovely co-host, Nick and Noah. Yo. I'm Roan. And on behalf of our guest, Norbin Laden, this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget about our few rules on the show. (laughs) Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Let's see what happens. And where we go one, we go all. We'll be back next week with episode 46. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Perfect. I almost blacked out.